0: Good evening dear listener. Well, 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 it's that time again. Welcome to another infrequent, irregular, irreverent and depending on the music content, maybe even illegal episode of the Podding Shed. Um, Mm. As we venture back into the dusty, musty atmosphere of the Podding Shed for episode number 96, we note that this is now lurching towards the centenary at roughly the same speed as a particularly lardy glacier. At this rate, we might even get the big 100 in this calendar year. We pod when we want. Uh, we will, of course, review the season this far, including the football style, the manager style, and whether or not he really is a cigarette-eating tramp. Um, but tonight, I've assembled... I had assembled a group of people from all sides um, of the football spectrum. Um, but unfortunately, um, a, a prodigal son, uh, Johnny Dyer, looks like he's had to drop out due to broadband problems, but um, hopefully we'll get him on on a future one. Um, but these two... Um, that we've got on tonight are the fearsome wielders of their own swords of justice cutting through social media trolls and the bullshit rumours. Um, with the caveat, of course, that they may well be the ones doing the trolling or bullshitting, okay? In which case, you can take their word as gospel. Um, as I said, this is episode 96, uh, it's as yet untitled, but of course, the dear leader and promoter, Nick. Um, Our very own uh, George Orwell Big Brother figure will conjure a title that is something nice, nasty, nitpicking, naughty, naff, nerdy or even just notable. So let's move on and start by introducing tonight's Podding Shed Luminaries, beginning with me, of course, although uh, using the word luminary um, with me um, is stretching things a little bit. Um, My name is Tony Glover. I'm also known by my Twitter handle of um, at And for tonight, I'll be the Fiona Bruce asking the questions, demanding answers, stopping the waffle, and showing a genuine interest in the antiques on display and their comments. (laughs) First of all, let's introduce our man of music and mirth, someone for whom the deliverance-duelling banjos theme runs around his mind almost constantly, playing the soundtrack of his life as he sits in his tree, sucking on the straw and contemplating the madness of the world we live in. Please welcome Donal, a.k.a. at Doctor bio. Dr... oh, let's try that again, at at Dr underscore Blue Bayou. Welcome, Donal. Uh,
1: Good evening. Uh, If I sound a little breathless, it's because I I just uh, had to run down to the uh, turnip patch. There was a (laughs) some bespectacled bloke sitting on a bucket with binoculars trying <laughs> to look in the window at but oh, I've chased I've chased him off now <laughs> he was in the lead tractor. was I he indeed don't, he, know.
0: He, don't yes. know who he was yeah. yeah did he have a pair of wellies on or was that the other um, chap That you, was the, <laughs> the other one was there a mad one is it Bielsa who does the, the wellies as well
1: I can't uh, remember he now. sits on the bucket uh, that much. Yeah, don't but um, I didn't know about the wellies
0: no maybe I'm thinking of the other one was it Vengloss was he the one that used to wear the wellies I can't remember now, but there was a they, um, just another line of you know in the in the line of another idiot in the line of loonies, really. But actually, I'm not all that bothered by the spine thing. I mean, so what? You're telling me that that's never happened before. You know, I mean, we used to train at Harlington.
1: He's held a a press conference tonight, hasn't he, where he said, We've spied on everyone. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, He said, Yeah, morally and ethically, it's probably not right, but legally, (laughs) it's not. Yeah, fair play to him.
0: I mean, we used to train at Harlington before we had Cobham, and you could go along and watch them. There was no fence, there was nothing. I'm not sure what you could how you could stop anybody just park up on the road get out and take a few photographs and back in days when i lived in uh, back in in london that was possibly the only way that you could really meet your your childhood heroes was Mm. to go to harlington because they you know you'd you'd be more or less be able to walk on the pitch and shake their hands um but there you go
1: Um, but being 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 sort of um uh, somewhat blasé about the ethics and the morality of the whole thing um it puts him well in you know for us oldsters puts him uh well in the uh coming from the same heritage of the great don revie in here
0: yes yes
1: great footballers that they were everyone always thought it was <laughs> a bit yeah. you know morally on the ethically on the dark side but anyway Indeed, yes, right.
0: um, um and next and uh, and it was well he wasn't meant to be uh the final one um but he is um so uh last but not least um one of the uh pillars of common sense of the podcasting world and uh, a man with no fear of calling a troll a troll or um piers morgan a complete bellend please welcome martin wickham also known on twitter as at martin underscore wickham good evening martin evening
2: tony um I think I know where Johnny is as well. He's using broadband as a cover. We all really know he's preparing for Liverpool's next game.
0: I <laughs> guess, of course he is. Yes, yes.
2: If, you, if you know him, if you have seen Johnny, you'll know exactly what we're talking about Absolutely. here. There is more um, than a passing resemblance.
0: In, indeed. And and I did actually have mention <laughs> of that in the um, in, in his little biog that I was going to introduce him with. Um, but I shall save that for another day. In fact, as we talk, I'm going to put... A, 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 a little line through the whole page of uh, stuff we need to know about Johnny Dyer anyway um, so on to the football um, uh, having introduced you both um, it's it's a, a bit of a weird old time we've had a, 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 a good six weeks away mainly a Christmas you know and, and that sort of stuff and then um, we were scheduled to do one um, I think a couple of weeks ago I had planned to do one but um, I was laid low with a, a pretty nasty attack of shingles from which I'm only still just starting to recover um, uh, so if you've never had it, anybody who's listening to this, I don't wish it upon you. It is horrible and it is nasty and it is debilitating. And uh, at the moment, I'm still pretty much a prisoner in the house since boxing mm. night so uh, um, you know did, did you have chickenpox as a child i you? did i did but um, um I, I, and this is, this is um, and in the true mm. podding shed style um here's a public health announcement um when you get chickenpox the virus never leaves you it just lies mm. dormant and then when it comes back it comes back as shingles um, when you're an yeah, adult adults, yeah. yeah and yeah, and actually if you are an adult who's never had chickenpox and you are in contact with somebody who's got shingles uh, then you are quite likely to contract chickenpox which in an adult is dangerous yes In with shingles it's really just nasty debilitating you, you mm. do get a bit of flu-like symptoms you get you run down and uh, that mm. often can be the cause of it being run down a bit but who knows mm. um and but the pain is just excruciating i mean it really is awful yeah. um uh, but you know um and also um uh, it meant I had to miss a couple. Well, I've missed a couple of games because uh, because of it. But um, I couldn't travel in the car that would normally come up with because Jill, my friend, um, she had a very bad illness last year and you know, basically died twice on the, in the operating theatre. Um, and since then, she's been on immunosuppressants for the you know because her kidneys aren't no. working properly and this sort of stuff. And that makes it even more dangerous for someone like her. You know, even though she's had chickenpox, it's just another infection that you just. She doesn't need to be near, and have to yeah. fight. So you know it, there have been good reasons for a slightly longer delay than I promised. But anyway, let's move on, and uh, that's the end of the public health announcement. Everybody, Um a cough, but I won't talk about it.
2: Now, no, so. <laughs> no. <laughs> have a cough coming on. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we could yeah. make it a regular feature. We could corner. Yes, yes, we can get it sponsored by White Horse. Um, what was it you used to get that White Horse? Uh, oh,
0: um, the liniment, wasn't it? Liniment, yeah, yeah, White Horse liniment, liniment or whatever, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'll be on your joints. And, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: So anyway, let's move on. Uh, let's get into the into the actual shed itself. Then um, uh, onto the football, and um, we're into the new season. It's a decent start. Um, we'll come on to the football in the, in the second part. I've I can't seen. hear a thing. Oh, can't you hear anything? Hello, Martin.
2: Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear yeah. you. Yeah, we can hear you. It fine. went. It went very. Very crap, Norman Collier You there, guys?
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's, you know. This is the, the vagaries of Skype and and broadband. As Johnny Dyer is no doubt sitting back with with his um, uh, deep shag tobacco in his pipe, going, "Oh, there you go, boys." Um, but uh, yeah, we'll just have to live th- work through it. I mean, there's been a couple of dropouts, and uh, I'm not sure there's much we can do about it. Um, uh, we'll, we'll we'll come on to the football um, a, a little bit later on. Okay, um, I've got a, I've got a strident. Um, some strident views. And um, if you like Martin, I'll, I'll, um, I'll. We can drop. You You want to drop out, and I'll dial you back in in a second. Um, can you hear me, Donal? Yeah, I can
1: hear you. Yeah,
0: um, I think we could. Um, I'm not sure how I stop Martin, but uh, uh, we can. Uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll message him. That's a good idea. While we're while we're talking. Um, uh, Yeah, so uh, we want to move on and come into this idea of um, what's going on at Chelsea at the moment um, around the racism thing. Um, So it's a fairly serious topic to start off um, tonight and, um, uh, Donal, uh, I just want to start off with the football. You know, we've got this subject of racism, anti-Semitism, yes, well, I know it's another form of racism, homophobic chants, we've got the the general abuse that goes on at football anyway. but it could be far more relevant, um, given now that UEFA is investigating us um, after what allegedly happened in um, in Hungary. Um, uh, I think, um, and in fairness, it's us that tends to be on the end of the homophobia, but what we get... Um, thrown at us um, pales into insignificance um, you know when you compare it to the abuse that's held at Brighton fans for example so an open question to you uh, Donal um, whilst I was in the background trying to sort Martin out Um, can the legacy chants and the newer ones um, you know that were relating to race religion and sexuality ever be erased from football do you think?
1: Um, That's a fairly big question um I suppose one way of, uh, I was thinking about this today because it's such a big topic and it's, um, I was thinking that nothing we say or probably do uh, this evening or even at some point in the future will, will necessarily change anyone's mind because this I think is from what you see on social media is one of those things that people have (laughs) fairly entrenched views about. Um, I think I'd start by saying that in terms of English football, well, maybe British football, it's always been one of those sort of spaces where people can be other than themselves. And what I mean by that is that, you know, a bit like when you all go nightclubbing, you know, how many of us in, in, in broad daylight would would be seen to... Practice any sort of dance moves in the streets. You know, there are people who naturally have fluid movement. I'm not one of them, and I would look ridiculous. But when we all go as a group or as a crowd into a place, we we, we change our behaviour. Um, obviously, when people are in crowds, they behave differently. And by the way, this isn't a justification for, for any of this. This is just like a trying to think it through. Yeah. Um, you know, in, 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 in all cultures, there are there are either places or times of otherness. You know, the, the tradition of the Twelfth Night, um, Carnival. Uh, you go down to South Louisiana, you, you're there for Mardi Gras. You see people, you know, riding around on horseback in these mad costumes, chasing chickens around farms. Everyone behaves differently because they have a permission to do that because of that festival or or that place they're in. And I think football has always been, or certainly in my lifetime, has been that way. Um, The problem you get is society is gradually changing. Um, What people believe is acceptable behaviour changes over time. You know, I think we've discussed it before. People always talk about, you know, you, you watch some television from the 60s, the seventies and you're amazed that they ever put something like that on the telly because it seems to jar so much with how we believe you should behave in public. Um, So I think some of the behavior that goes on at football, the swearing, the shouting, the abusing other people, the abusing players, to some extent is always been there, will always be there because it's, it's seen as a, place where you can as it were in inverted commas let off steam that's not to excuse you know vile abuse or screaming in the face of a player or or things like that but you know and I I took my son and daughter when they were quite young to football and you know if a group of people seats away were all singing and they were swearing involved in that part of me thought well I've brought my children here I know what it's like I, I have to accept that I can't Ask everyone to sit down and behave as though they're at um, the ballet, for instance. So, having said all that, there is obviously, or we believe there to be, a consensus on what is acceptable within that understanding that people are going to, you know, because of being in a crowd, because of drink, because of excitement, because of tribalism. I mean, one of the reasons we go to football is to be part of something you know, how what, what you see that something as can vary, but we all believe we're, you know, we sort of pull our differences because we're all following a certain thing. And I think the problem we're now confronting is that um, a section of people have seen societal morals change and believe that sport and everything should be changing with it. And there are a section of people who, don't want that to change and then added into that there are a section of people who know that things should have changed understand that they've changed but this gives them a a space in which to protest almost you know they're not necessarily and i you know got to be careful what i say not all these people are necessarily um expressing anti-semitic views per se but they are reacting against what they see as authority. Um, I think the danger here is that um, unless, unless we come to a consensus um, of what otherness is allowed in, 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 in a football stadium, we're just going to encourage more and more and more control. And, you know, less and less and less will be allowed, such that you'll end up with everyone having to just sit and basically do nothing. And the danger here is, is that if people insist on their right to be extreme, it, it, it's it's going to give permission to others to to control even more the behaviour of us all within that that sort of otherness space. If mm. I know, I'm expressing myself really badly. I don't have a degree in sociology, but I think you get what I'm saying. Indeed, and
0: we've got Martin back on by the looks of it. Um Earth calling Martin. Oh, now, can you hear me okay? Oh Brian, that's yeah. crystal that is, yeah. Um, the question I asked um, Donald was, you know, can the legacy charts and newer ones that relate to relate race, religion or or sexuality ever be erased from football, do you think?
2: I'm not sure you can erase them fully because people will always go out to um for shock value. In some cases, um, and I've missed the last five ten minutes or so because I had to feed the hamster that was powering the wheels of my router. But um, I was in Budapest for the video game, and I, from where I was in the stand, I, I genuinely heard didn't hear that song being so. I had four idiots starting started it, and it petered out halfway through because no one else joined in. <laughs> and so when I heard. It, It had been heard, been sung elsewhere. We genuinely didn't know, couldn't hear it. And it was only when someone else who I trust implicitly, who there's no axe to grind on the matters, was further down the stand and said, yes, there was. And then another mate um, played me the audio off the TV feed, and it was audible. I mean, you don't hear the word explicitly, but if you know the song, you know the lines, and you know what's coming next. It's just one of those things. Um, I think... For the last, certainly, for the games that have been on since, it has changed behaviour. People have thought a little bit about what they're singing. Um, that may be somewhat to the detriment at of, of home games, if but where there's been a, it's been reasonably quiet. But we may be talking about that later on as pertains to the style of football, mm, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, I think you can change behaviour. We have changed behaviour because. Back ten years ago, I can remember some awful songs that were sung inside the ground and predominantly outside that I haven't heard in a good while about about um spurs and the religion side of it and thank God, I don't hear them anymore yeah so behavior does change, and you're not going to completely eliminate it and there's going to be something sung or said that you know you wouldn't say outside of a football ground. No. But I haven't completely lost faith in the um, human condition yet, no. because just it... for these last few weeks, the change in behaviour has been noticeable yeah. in is some it, grounds. Is,
0: is it? More... Do you think it's more noticeable? Uh, and this is a question. Well, start with you, Martin, as you're on a bit of a roll here. Um, is it more noticeable because of the rivalry with Spurs? And, and you know, I've I've been going to football for you know a good number of years. I don't remember this um, level of uh, of of Hatred, if you like, towards Tottenham, it seems to have been in the last few years it really seems to i i've I've made the point before about um it makes us look obsessed um with with another team that have had nowhere near the level of success we have um I'm not quite sure where it comes from but um do you th- do you think that's more noticeable because of that rivalry is it is it something that's just becoming more and more you know it's the de facto song we don't really sing much about anything anybody else it these days?
2: seems yeah exactly I think it's We've all moaned about it. Every single song been about Tottenham, and yeah. um, we've all moaned about we hate Tottenham in the liquidator. We've I've certainly moaned about it. when on the occasions we'll be sing Matthew Holdings, Blue and White Army, and some herbert has to sing we hate Tottenham in the gap between the lines. Yeah, nice. yeah. <laughs> it has got more prevalent, and but um, I'm not so sure. am not so sure about um. I mean, ever since I've been going. Tottenham thing has always been there, but I've what I've also said with specifically as pertains to the Y word because I assume that's what, yeah. what we talk you were talking about yeah. If I hadn't gone to football, if I ha- if I wasn't into football, or I wasn't you know I wasn't interested in football, I can I'd be fairly confident I would never have heard the Y word in any context outside of football. Mm. I've never I I've heard of other anti-semitic insults in television shows and other jokes but i've never heard that word used in relation to them so it seems to be exclusive well possibly exclusively a football thing but it's i you know i've got people i there are people i know who go at chelsea who are jewish and
0: they don't like the word being used. And no. well, Dan Silver, for example, Dan Silver, who's who's who, you know exactly a, a, a frequenter of the shed every now and then, and you know someone we regularly drink within the cock beforehand and the, the atlas afterwards. So you know, yeah. you know, there there, there it is as, as well. So
2: yeah, exactly. I mean, some of the stuff I've read has been aimed at the messenger. In this case, Dan Levine, I disagreed a little bit with some of the way the way it was reported in Budapest because. Mm. It could have got people who had nothing to do with it completely innocent and could have got them in a lot of trouble because all nuance was taken out of the reports. Yeah. And we all know we all know people who are in Budapest who genuinely had did not hear anything in the ground. Yeah. Didn't know what was going well, on. Well, you tweeted um, on the
0: night and so did um uh, Beck Becca did as well, yeah. Exactly, she, she,
2: yeah. exactly, and one or two others who have no reason to lie about it and would have pulled other people up had they had they heard it and they didn't hear anything. But um, where it's um where it's going to be bit, bit dark as well. There's just been this calculated thing a- against the messenger in this case, Daniel. Um, if even if you don't like him and you don't like him reporting it, well, for one, if you don't want him to report it, don't sing it. Yeah. And more importantly, the guy who has bankrolled our club for the last. Fifteen plus years, yeah, he's... who has brought us to unimaginable heights, who has allowed us to witness and experience things we never thought we'd did, witness
0: and experience. Indeed, he hates it. Yes, that should be enough. Yes, just don't I seeing it, and I was going to not difficult. Yeah, I was going to get onto this a bit, bit later. Uh, you know, um, um, uh, Dan was also one that was uh, 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 Dan Levine. Um, to come on tonight, but um, he's he's got some other stuff that he's he's been dealing with, um, and and you know in, in the fact is actually at the end of the day you've got this sort of hardcore of people you know Dan and the with well, the club the club have made it very very clear that there is no place for this or or these views or or people who you know who are going to you know shout this stuff out or sing it, um, and yeah. then you get these people going well yeah but you know it's all about the club in it and then it, it very the same breath. They'll say you we're the the fans of the club, and I will always say this: the fans are part of the club. But in a in a world of increasing football tourism, bigger grounds, less if less if you like of the hardcore fans. Um, you know, football <clears> tourism <throat> is a thing. That's what the Premier League and the Champions League is is going more and more for. You know, because they can get people to buy the tickets and then spend two or three hundred quid in the club shop. Um, uh, and that sort of stuff, and I think ultimately that kind of dilutes perhaps some of the, the the hostilities that we see. But it also means that you end up in this position where people like you know Dan Levine will go off and and and, and try to say something, and then reflect the, you know what the club's view is, and you'll still have this hard core of people who are saying you know no, I'm not going to change. And I've always maintained the fact that if you don't use it, what is it? How does it hurt you? You know, you don't lose anything. Um, the, the gain is there's the club. Um, the club's name is kept out of the mud, if you like. Um, you know, there'll be none of this empty ground or half-empty ground threat that UEFA are coming up with. And all you've got to do is keep your gob shut and just not say it. Uh, you know. And, and I think one thing, Donal, is interesting. This one is, is, is: Do you think people can ever be educated to realise? You know that the Y word is now up there with the N word and the P word as unacceptable. And um, you know, on on a, on a sort of slight tangent to that, you know, it, can it can it really be sort of tolerated by the FA in general if Spurs fans continue to use it when in reality they have no greater Jewish following than us or any other side? Um, so mm. reclaiming the words in my mind is utter bollocks. There's utter bollocks on their part, and they're almost using it as a shield for them to be able to use it um, and goad people into using it back and then go, oh, they're racist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know, Donald. What do you think of that?
1: Um, yeah, and I know yeah, you've
0: got Tottenham fans in your family, haven't you? I mean,
1: yeah, uh, I grew up in um South Tottenham, you know, hard by Stamford Hill, so you know, there's a very big uh Chirilli community who obviously are very Orthodox Jews, very visibly, um people of the jewish faith as it were because of of what they were but then not so much now because most of those sort of people have moved out to harrow kent and that sort of way but there was a large um what you would call sort of liberal stroke progressive jewish presence in stanford hill um and you know a lot of those people weren't necessarily practicing they but you know jewish by ethnicity so you know i I think the the issue certainly gets clouded by I read um, that there was some uh, article on Twitter by a Jewish uh, Tottenham fan who was quite adamant that he was entitled to use the word. The word was a word that he was very familiar with that was used by him, by friends, by you know, the Jewish community. But I thought, well, to some extent, that's, that's a difficult argument because while, um, you know, the n word can be used by those people against whom it was always used before, you know, they have appropriated it as a, what well, I suppose almost as a sign that, you know, they are no longer, um, you know, that they are in a stronger position in society than they used to be. I understand the argument why using the Y word if you're of Jewish origin if you're comfortable with it you're appropriating it as it were or his argument I think was it that it sprang from the Jewish community however I think your point is that the larger crowd at Tottenham are not Jewish and therefore is it appropriate for them to use that word mm. um, Yeah. and you know what's the difference between a a non-jewish person in you know down in tottenham singing a song with the y word in it to someone at like chelsea the only thing i would say about that is that obviously when chelsea fans use the word in in songs etc etc you cannot argue that it's not used in a hostile fashion mm. and if you're using it in a hostile fashion you're therefore using it As an insult, rather than a marker of identity.
0: Yeah, you're weaponised. Whereas,
1: yeah, whereas I suppose you could argue, although I wouldn't, that if you are a fan of a club which has overtly, always, rightly or wrongly, been seen as um, a club with a Jewish identity, then perhaps it's slightly different. But I, I think I think that's a a difficult argument. Um, I mean, some of these things are, are quite mired in subtlety. I think. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that, that, that the stand that you sort of have to take if you're a Chelsea fan is that we don't have the right to use the word in the way it is being used at the moment, um, and you know, whether or irrespective of what happens elsewhere, mm. you know, we should do what what is perceived to be the right thing you know I, I, that's that's the way it is as yeah. far as i can see um, yeah i mean, I, mean I, I and i also agree that you know for the owner to be to be jewish and i may be wrong here but because i don't know the area that well historically but was the part of the that sort of western end of the king's road was that not quite a large jewish area back in the 40s 50s i well, I, I mean, London. That yeah, you, know,
0: you know, London yeah. has always been a a, a kind mm. of cosmopolitan city in the sense that you know, I mm. I, I lived most of my uh, formative years up until I was about twenty five, twenty six in Hayes, Middlesex, <laughs> um, the proper Hayes, not the one in Kent, um, and you know, we we bordered Southall. Um, Southall mm. was the largest Asian community um, outside mm. of Bradford, um, yeah. and. Um, I grew up with all sorts of, uh, you know, uh, pretty much. I've, I've admit, admitted this before. Until I was about eleven or twelve, I was absolutely a racist because mm. of the the, the the kind of misinformation I'd been fed about Asian people and, and to a degree lesser degree black people. Um, but um, yeah, I I, I, I was at, it was only. You know, um, going to secondary school, and you know where you start to pick up on this. Hold on a minute, this is this is utter crap. What, what, who's, mm. t- who's telling you these urban myths and and this sort mm. of stuff? Um, and integration. You know, I guess when I was uh, eighteen, we were probably looking at maybe second or third generation Asian immigrants. Um, around about that time and integration was still a long way off where it was now but I had you know some really good friends uh, certainly as I progressed through the years at at school um, who were you know of of that Indian or Pakistani um, or Sri Lankan origin origin rather and um, uh, we used to use the p-word as a token of affection if you like because the actual, mm. the only place we was used to say that you could, the only place that was ever open on a Sunday was you know the P-word shop. Mm. Yeah, no, no, English wouldn't open their bloody shops, but the 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 Asian community would. You could go to Southall, you could buy over the counter, you could buy a, a battery for your Vauxhall Viva um, along with twenty Rothmans. Mm. It was that sort of you know environment and. Mm. um I think there is, like you said, you, you, when you're singing this stuff at a football ground, you, you can't put context around it, and there is a context. Um, I think there's a context with any insult, mm. you know, if it's if it's between friends and it's aimed in a a kind of friendly way. If I had a friend and I just said to him, "Oh, you, you know, you're just a daft, you know, packy or whatever," um, someone else might listen to that and go, "Oh, you can't call him that." But my mate might turn around and say, "Oh, I don't ruin it." It's, it's, you know, he's my mate. Mm. He's called me that for years, and I don't mind it because it's done in a friendly way. So it's the nuanced side of it is is is, is I think very dangerous. So just sort of moving into that, I was going to ask this for you, for, for you Martin, but you know, by all means, either of you. Um, I mean, if we sang the Pope song and we replaced the Y word with the C word. Um, is that acceptable? Because it seems to me the C word is the last highly offensive word left. Um, unless of course you're Ken Barkway, where it's part and parcel of your yeah, it's, your, a, it's your, a comma, isn't it? It's a comma, yes. He's in Twitter, yes. I think he's in Twitter jail at the moment or he's in he's in the in the holding cell because I think he's as he said, he's he's um he's basically he's be, he's beaten the C word. Um, algorithm counter um, <laughs> and then it's pointing him out yeah but the Scottish a, comma yeah would it would that, is, would, that would, would that be acceptable you know so you sing that and you say instead of you know Tottenham are a bunch of whatever they are a bunch of C words or whatever um, uh, is that more acceptable <laughs> I don't know Worrying, have...
2: worryingly yes it is yeah. because uh, the, well, I don't know if you talked about it yet but you know, the week before all this, there was the Raheem Sterling incident. No, I city, haven't. No, no, but... And everything was focused on whether this guy said black or mank. Yes. And thinking, hang on, he said one, at, you know, the one word you're not allowed to say on TV.
0: Yes. Well, unless it's, it's 11 count- o'clock at night. Yes. Yeah.
2: And that he's used that at six o'clock in the evening on TV. Yeah. And no in said, hang on, that's... Yeah, that's yeah, an awful that's word. P- that's
0: a, that's a it really p- is. P- well, yeah, 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 and,
2: yeah. and as it's the to if you know, if John Terry had just called Anton Ferdinand that word, mm. nothing would have been said about no. it. And that's, in its own way, slightly fucked up, I believe. Yeah, I think I think, that, I, don't I
1: really think that goes back to you probably missed my. Um pseudo socio psychological bollocks bit at the beginning martin but no it was was... interference
2: on the line it just sat like a broken (laughs) (laughs) microphone
1: what i was what i was saying was this thing about you know football being a place of otherness where you can you know um engage in behavior that you couldn't in any other part of your daily existence and i while I think there are certain, I think screaming it into someone's face is is not acceptable. I think we have to be realistic and say that, you know, the use of what we you know normally would be foul or offensive language is kind of part and parcel of that, you know, release valve that places like football are and like, yeah, accept you know, like, that,
2: like, that set and if I you like start.
1: So. Yeah, if you start sort of pushing that, you know, screwing the, the lid too far down, you know, you're, you're going to, to sort of, I don't mean yeah. to the attractiveness of football, but you're going to take something away. And And I think the point Tony is making is that just being generally, you know, loud and offensive is something that you sort of, I think... Has been traditional at football for a, a, a long period of time. And, oh,
2: absolutely! But and I'm
1: it's sort about... of we can all understand that. Yeah. I think it I'd... is. It is the, the singling you know people out because of yeah. their their otherness is 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 what is what needs to. Yeah, you know, I think be it's right, protect,
2: protected characteristics, isn't it? Isn't yeah. that a term that's used for it? And. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly no prude about swearing at football. Anyone who knows me will know exactly that. Mm. And I've been far more offended by some of the farts that have been dropped in the Matthew lower than the language <laughs> at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, oh, We've, all, I we've mean, all been there, I think You know,
1: there, there is the argument that children go to football, but I think, as well, I said earlier yeah. on, yeah. if you bring a young child to football, unless you're in the family section and well-insulated from, you know, the sort of singing parts of the ground... You sort of have to accept that they're sort of they're going to hear certain things, and you know if you don't, if you find that upsetting, yeah, I'm not sure. If, I suppose you could say, well, people should stop swearing at football, but you're never I think gonna stop you, it. you're starting no, to then you're starting to then you know, alter the nature of why people go to these yeah. things. To I mean, I've extent.
0: made I've made the point. Um, uh, I, I made the point, actually, to Stan Collymore on Twitter with a little Twitter round over in the other week about... You're not fact, blocked, bloody hell. No, uh, um, and the point I made to him was... Well, because I refused to go down the, the obvious road of, of, of his own uh, murky past, because that conflates two separate arguments, as far as I'm concerned. But he'd made a point, I think it was something along the lines of, you know, um, racist Chelsea fan, bloody well. And I said, you could, you could at least have caveated that with you know, a handful of... Chelsea fans, you know. And, this and, is, what, yeah, and this if is where I, yeah. But yeah. If he absolutely believes that this isn't happening at Nottingham Forest, Liverpool, or Villa. Three, he's three of his previous clubs. He's completely misguided. This is this well, is not a Chelsea problem. It's a problem within football, and each to their own. If you, you, know, I've often maintained that I don't want to see Celtic or Rangers ever in the Premier League until all that bloody sectarian bollocks stops, because there's no room for it. I don't
2: yeah. give a shit about it. <laughs> You'd be waiting a long while for yes. that to happen, but yeah. the, the lack of the nuance—the lack of nuance I was talking about earlier, as you've described it there, um, with Colin Moore saying racist Chelsea fans. Ian Wright said it as well. It's not even been proven what this guy is alleged to have said. No, they can't work. He hasn't been charged of anything, so presumably they're still trying to decipher what he said before the. Hmm. He, he? lost so his for, job. Anyway, didn't he? He, he, I, I think. I, yeah, I mean, he's been an idiot and yeah. he will be dealt with, and yeah. that's that. But, but where, I, I, where I, I get angry with the lack of nuance is when you get this whole racist Chelsea fans. I would say in Budapest, there was a maximum of a dozen idiots singing that song, yeah. and I couldn't hear them for where I was in the ground. Yeah, That's 12 out of 2,000, Yeah, and it got made out to be like some sort of recreation of the Nuremberg rally when it was well, nothing of the and, sort. Uh,
0: uh, sadly, we've okay. got four... You know, the form guide is against oh, us after the Paris incident, yeah. you know. And, and well uh, before that, yeah. And well before that. And you go back to the days cool. when I used to sort of walk into the shed and pay three quid or whatever, um, you know, on the day. Uh, and, you know, uh, there would be openly NF people outside recruiting, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would have open um, people from Rangers there, um, you know, building that allegiance of, uh, uh, you know, between the two clubs, which is, you know, just, you know, as a Catholic, Um Oh, albeit not practice one I, you know, it's just, I don't think there's any place for religion in life let alone fucking football um, uh, well, I've said yeah, Jesus Christ enough times yeah exactly but I think this there is this whole thing as Donald said it's, it's about the, the kind of otherness or whatever I, I've actually you know, and, and, and you know there's always this going well no one likes a grass well I grassed somebody up at football a few years back who sat in front of me um, and um, was doing the hissing sounds when we were playing Tottenham and then singing Where Were You when Hitler gassed the Jews and... Um, yeah, that's, oh, that is disgusting. That's oh, sort oh that's of sort of enough, that sucks, right. mate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. enough, now, I didn't have any of my, my kids with me, but if I had, um, I think I would have probably lost my season ticket then because I don't think I would have bothered grasping I think I would have just smashed him over the back of the head and jumped up and down his face a few times. Mm-hmm. But instead, what I did was I walked over to, just as the half-time whistle went, I just walked over to the steward um, and I said to the steward, "Listen, mate. that bloke in front of me. He's, uh, he's, you know, he's he's saying these things, and I'm sorry, I don't want to hear it." Uh, and he he just smiled at me. Not that his colour's relevant, but he's a great big black fellow. And he just stood at me. He said, yeah, "You're the third one, mate." <laughs> and, uh, was he removed? Uh, he was removed, and we never saw him again. He had his season ticket taken mm-hmm. away from him. I mean, it was just, you know, uh, it was so obvious, and it was so open, and it was, it was absolutely, you know, vitriolic. Um, and and you just think where have you been what what did, what did these people you know even if you don't like spurs what did they ever do to you that was that bad you know, is this? have you been educated into this mindset um you know did well, were you t- tortured this, by them or yeah. something you know i mean it's, just, it makes well, no I'm presuming, sense
2: I presume as well I, I, without knowing this guy's age, that he would have had fathers or possibly grandfathers who served Yes, in the British Army, I'd say he was probably
0: it. a bit older than me. Yeah, yeah shop- probably. Yeah. So now yeah, I assume now he'd so be sort of early sixties. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and mm. I just, I just really don't get it. And you know, going back onto this point around, you know, the FA, um, I think if, if they're going to start um, uh, punishing teams for this kind of language or whatever, they, they have got to start in in this particular case. They have to do something with swears. They have to. I, I think they can't say that because um, would we find the team, you know, if that team, uh, if they were predominantly a black audience and they were singing the N-word, that, you know, it, you, I don't think you know, any amount of education that you can give to people would, you know, because you end up in this what aboutery, didn't you? This what about them? They're singing it. Why can't we? And, I, I you know, the nuance and context and who's singing it at what and, and, and that sort of stuff. Um. But, you know, I've seen this, I've seen this on Twitter, you know, which is the, you know, we'll stop using that when people stop calling us rent boys. (laughs) Now, you know, it's homophobic. Yes, of course it is. Um, But as a crowd, are we really bothered about rent boy chants? or is this purely what aboutery? What do you think?
2: I'm not bothered by it, but I'm also heterosexual. So it doesn't, it won't bother me. There may be... LGBT Chelsea fans who are bothered by it mm. and if one Chelsea fan is personally bothered by the shot that's one too many
1: Dino. um yeah I think there's, there's an element of, of what a whataboutery here I, I come back to the point I made earlier which is you know as a as a fan base we have to basically decide on what we think are acceptable standards you know how we're going to behave and you know you have to to let the rest of it be sorted out by i think the fa will i can understand there's a difficulty for the fa with the tottenham situation in that if there are and this guy was not necessarily representative but if if there are if there is a core of jewish support at tottenham who feel all that that is something that they deem acceptable. Then you're opening up another sort of layer of, of, of problems. I, I personally think the FA, if the FA want to address things, they, they need to probably, you know, talk to people first. You know, talk to the fan base at Tottenham, talk to people in the management of Tottenham, etc., and find out what. You know, we are we're all acting on supposition, etc. Here, Um, but I just don't think we can point the finger at other fans and say they're doing this, so we're going to do that. I mean, I do feel that for for UEFA to to you know, given what Martin is saying about what went on in Budapest, for, for UEFA to pick out that in in what is a cesspool of, <laughs> of racist behaviour across <laughs> Europe um, you know particularly the treatment of, of some of the players in Italy and, and so on and so forth Yeah. why uh, was
2: a recent victim and, yeah, to I, I'm, Boxing
1: yeah. and I'm not saying they shouldn't you know look into it or, or etc et et but what I'm saying is it, it's interesting how certain incidents seem to spark more interest than others yeah. you know if they're worried yes. about anti-Semitism I think there's plenty of examples yes. across Eastern Europe, um, you know, and therefore they need to. If you're ever going to encourage people to change their behaviour, you need to be in some way even-handed. Yeah, um, and otherwise you just encourage the mentality that we are being picked on. I mean, interestingly, when when that whole thing happened with Raheem Sterling. Um, I won't name the two people, but there were two prominent, one an ex-footballer and one a well-known journalist, um, who were very vociferous about the whole incident. And, it, you know, it was about, it. I'm not defending what went on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I, I scrolled back through their timeline to see what they had to say about the incident, which was only a week before at Arsenal. Now, I'm not categorising all Arsenal fans as, as banana throwers and racists, there was a a single person who did something.
2: It was a Tottenham um, fan who threw it, wasn't it, out of Bamyang?
1: Yeah. Sorry. Yes. I, I, again, I'm getting things wrong. Um, I'm not characterising all those people who were there. You know, those Tottenham fans. But it was just interesting to see that neither of these two people who felt they had to jump to the defence of Raheem Sterling quite rightly, if they were doing that. Um, Felt no need to jump to the defense of Aubameyang a week earlier. Mm. Uh, you know, maybe the guy did just throw a bit of fruit because that's what was in his hand. I'm not, you know, both incidents, uh, I don't know how they've subsequently been sorted out in terms of the legal ramifications, but it was interesting the reaction. Why did they particularly feel that the Chelsea thing had to be, you know, well, the focus? The, um, yeah, and, I think and the, why not the, the 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 Tottenham Arsenal game the week before. That's, I
2: think you know. the guy who threw the banana at the Emirates was arrested and charged fairly quickly. So legal restrictions may have come in, and he was fined, I believe. But I, I can't remember offhand. Yeah, but but, but in the immediate yeah. in
1: the hours immediately following the incident, and I'm referring yeah. to people reacting in the hours immediately following the I think, incident.
2: yeah, well, I think the immediate yeah. it wasn't as immediate because no one picked up on saw the to get picked mm. up on the TV screen, whereas people saw on, was saw on during the Man City game, it was on BT Sport where it was, mm. and someone, a journalist, clipped it and yeah. put it, posted it on Twitter, and then mm. two days later posted, uh, let's not jump to conclusions here, when the guy's identity got revealed. Which,
1: yeah. And, but all I'm trying yeah. to point out, Martin, is, is if people only concentrate on certain clubs and certain incidents, as with, you know, UEFA yeah. and, and Budapest, you you allow a, a feeling to build up, which yeah. is uh, oh we're being, being picked on. Yeah, and yeah. Like that, the that, that thing you know, of no one likes yeah. us, we don't care.
2: Yeah. I, no, and, I agree with that, but unfortunately, there is a danger there. Yeah, I agree entirely, but unfortunately with Chelsea, past form is always going to count against us on that.
1: We've yeah, co- and, we've
2: and the, the yeah. best way to avoid it is just mm. to not not do it. Yeah. Keep doing stuff, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, um, but like you say when. One small chant gets picked. I mean, apparently someone something happened at the Palace game, and I couldn't hear it. And I thought someone said something to Andros Townsend. I was like, okay, I had no idea of that either. And it mm. it does feed. And again, if the the possible outcome, this could be like you say, a form of a victim mentality forming. That oh, we're just getting picked on, and that's no good either because it won't lance the boil properly. No.
1: It's an interesting one. It's, where's the line? That, that's that's not that's not a reason for people not to to, to comment on it or to draw attention no. to it. I'm not yeah. you no know, saying that you know I'm not saying oh we shouldn't talk about Chelsea or shouldn't you know highlight these things at Chelsea you know as a fan base and, and you know people associated with the club they're right to do it. I think, um, but I think when the authorities get involved at a certain level, they need to be seen to be yeah. acting. But I do think that the Tottenham situation and the use of the Y word with Tottenham. Is is a bit complex, and certainly, well, think, you know, they, didn't the
2: World Jewish Congress get involved with it last week? And they made a they fairly did. unequivocal statement saying, yeah.
1: "Don't use it." Yes, they did. Uh. Well, that that obviously helps because that that's coming from the Jewish community, etc., etc. And I think it's, it's things like that that you know that need to happen. Um, but I guess you've got you know, probably
0: the same level of Neanderthal in 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 the Spurs. Footballing crowd, as you've got in the Chelsea crowd, that will just ignore that because yeah, they won't. You, they, you're they, not going to tell me what to do. Yeah. Like or they won't link it, and they'll say, "No, it's, it's never meant that." You know. I mean, you're in. You, we're in a, a fake news uh, uh, environment now, where people can just flatly refuse the evidence of their eyes and um, or their ears. And, and um, I think, unfortunately, you're always you, you going to get that. And I guess that was moving into the sort of next part of what I was going to say was, "Where's the line?" Here, because you know, football is the most tribalist sport in the world. Probably, uh, I can barely think of anything that polarizes, um you know, uh, uh, two sets of of people, two groups of people within a, you know one single closed environment such as a football stadium. As football, you know, rugby is all very pally and on the pat on the back, and we we we'll we'll, we'll integrate and we'll have you know uh, opposing fans sat next to each other, all you know drinking a pint or whatever. Um uh, But football remains seething hatred at least for the 90 minutes duration of the game the majority of people I know well not virtually everybody I know would walk into the pub after the game against Spurs to meet their Spurs mate and have a drink with them um and Mm. that would be it there might be some banter some local bragging rights but where is the line here because you you alluded to it earlier Donal I think which is you know do we end up um with this kind of very famous situation where i think it was um the, the band deep purple uh went and played one of their first gigs in japan and uh, where they were used to people you know sort of uh, crowd surfing and all this sort of stuff they had this you know very polite bunch of people sitting in there basically applauding very politely at the end of every song and they were like um you know we're a rock band we've just done a screaming version of highway Star, and you've just sat there thinking you know no doubt for enjoying it is that where we're heading i mean i think the tribalism thing has to exist it keeps football as what it is and you know it, i think it's already under threat from football tourism which is becoming a bigger and bigger sort of bugbear with me where the you know the, the stadiums are a third full of people who have just turned up for the day with their half and half scarves bringing their kids out it's a day out it's a it's a theater um, you know thing, or whatever mm. um and I just wonder where 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 is that line then because are we going to say well okay we, we've we've stopped all the kind of racist the the anti semit you know the, I think they're two sides of the same coin and anti-Semitism is racism, um the homophobic stuff um you know the next thing we're going to attack is the swear words um then we're going to attack the insults um mm. uh you know uh, and in the end you'll just have you know chelsea Chelsea and you know, mm. that's it, and you know, when the saints go marching in, and stuff like that. I, I think you know, I, I just play up, play up
1: and play the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, I think yeah, I think, I think that's the point I was trying to make earlier on. Is is if if people choose uh, the right to, you know, use anti-Semitic, uh, racist, or homophobic language, you know, in a sort of well, it's a sort of free speech thing. It, it's, it's a tradition, it's the way it's always been and I don't mean anything by it. If that's the hill you, you choose to die on, then that will, I th- think, inevitably lead to a complete reaction the other way, as in shutting down everything. Whereas I think if, if football fans, you know, self-police um, uh, themselves in terms of, you know, people generally setting some guidelines to themselves as to what's acceptable part of you know i think one of the things that is maybe it's more social media that does it rather than the grounds themselves but if if humor and and the ability to take the mickey out of each other seems to maybe it's a but it seems to have disappeared a bit from before I, mean, I i maybe this is related to economic circumstance, etc. Maybe it was more in the the nineties. I, I remember sort of the foot, early football fanzines and stuff like that. Humor was what drove all those things, you know. Whereas on social media, it seems a lot more angry and a lot more forcing your point across. And I think maybe that's happening with some of the singing and the chanting as well. That you know, there seemed to be at times a few years ago where the whole thing was trying to make up the funniest. You know most humorous at the same time, a little bit cutting, maybe, and a little bit jabbing, but you know, trying to take the mickey out of the opposition in, in, a, in a, a humorous fashion. Whereas now, I think it's, it seems to be a lot angrier, and you know, maybe that's just an impression, but that's that's that, that's occurred to me in, in, in the last couple of years. You know, what
0: about you know, you, hence the,
1: the, the rise of the Tottenham thing?
2: Yeah, yeah. Donald's just completely pinched my entire train of thought by mentioning the humour going out of the game. Oh, and some course, cause I was literally about to say much the same thing. Oh, I do um, apologise. Nah, so I, I, I literally punched on the last podcast, so it's one all <laughs> <laughs> um, No, yeah, it's the last ten to fifteen years, and mentioned social media as part of it, but um, that's one small bit. I mean, the television coverage it has got a little bit. gone up his own arse yes and there used to be used there used to be a point where you could watch televised cover even on sky and there would be a bit of a knowing wink if there was a crap game they'd say it's not been the best if someone's fallen over there'd be a laugh but now every maybe it's probably because the the sheer amount of money that's been paid Mm. for these rights now yeah they feel they can't take the piss out of the product everything Mm. if you're watching a a nil-nil draw where absolutely nothing's happened and you know, the evidence of your own eyes is telling you that this is it, absolutely fucking awful. It's absolutely, <laughs> and, they're, they're, yes. and they're trying to, and they're trying to hype it as a an amazingly tense, close fought game. It's like, No, it's just yeah, shit. Yeah, this is, this is <laughs> very <laughs> much horrible. It's very, much,
0: um, it's very much George Orwell's Ministry of Truth, isn't it? Which is basically uh, the, dealing in lies. And, and, the, and uh, yeah, the
2: big one for me was soccer. am. Yeah, because that used to be. There was a point. Remember, it's because I was a juvenile yeah, all the time yeah, or yeah. but it was actually quite humorous yeah. and there was a bit of a knowing wink and a nod about you know yeah. it's all a bit fucking stupid football isn't it let's make a show out yeah. of it yeah yeah and the same with skinner and Badil and what have you yeah but now in the lot of i happened to watch it by accident a couple of weeks ago it's gone really serious yeah and i have no idea why and you're thinking i don't want to see footballers doing technique i want to see them yeah. falling over mm-hmm. and getting a you know a yeah, it was the old third, I think. The gro- yeah, they? exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, some bloke falling down the stairs with a pie in his hand because he's got to celebrate a goal, and that's all gone. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, it seems to be this content. You cannot laugh at the product. You cannot be seen to no. take the mick out of it. And then, so you make everything overly serious, and yeah. all of a sudden, reactions are overly serious, and yeah. eventually. You go in the, in the grounds and it's overly, overly serious. serious so yeah.
0: and, and I mean, I, I've, I've been in the ground when, when we were, you know, I think, I can't remember now, 4-0 up or 5-0 up against Blackpool um, a few seasons back. And their fans were singing, we're going to win 6-5. And I, we, we had no <laughs> answer to that, you know. Um, and uh, I, I believe Stephen Fry relates the story on, um, on one of his QI episodes because he's, a, I think, he's a Norwich fan. Um, Wasn't uh, he on the board?
2: Was that I think
0: so, yeah, but it, it was along the lines of, um, uh, the, you know, when the Norwich fans, they were playing somebody um, and, you know, sort of Norwich were 4 nil up or whatever and the opposing fans started to sing, we're shit and we know we are. We're <laughs> and, and he said, you can see the Norwich fans putting their hands together and thinking, oh, um, <laughs> how, how do we respond to that? And I think that's part of the thing. I, I can't remember many, uh, you know, many laughs I've had in, in recent, you know, uh, yeah. recent seasons really. I mean, I, I, I still laugh. At, is there a fire drill? Um, mm. But that's been sung at us when we've been losing at home as well. And um, a-
1: I, I think I think it's fair to say that what we're talking about is is probably yeah. the Premiership and, and maybe the upper reaches of the Championship. I don't know. I think, although you know, that's not to say that it's not as heartbreaking to lose if your team is a League Two team as it is if it's a Premiership mm. team. But I think. Given the privations of the lower leagues and maybe national because I go down to Lake Norient now, yeah. you know quite regularly, um, the, the, you know the seriousness is leavened. I think with a bit more, you know, it might be sort of rather grim humour or you know so on so so forth. But there is a more realistic view of the world in, in these places. You know, like you know, it was terrible. I very sorry for Burton Albion and particularly Brad. Collins, who's a young Chelsea lad on loan, there, you know, to get turned over 9 0 like that is not pleasant.
0: Yeah.
1: But those people will not be scarred for life in the way that you fear some Chelsea fans or Man United fans, other people would be if they were turned over in similar circumstances. It would be the end of the world. Whereas I I think for Burton people, they, you know, it's not funny and it's not nice, but they will deal with it. Yeah. yeah. They they will get up. I mean, I dust themselves down and get
0: on. I do wonder about that. You know, you know, the whole, as you said, the seriousness thing. I mean, I, I still, I still find myself bemused that that anybody would um, would 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 go into you know uh, any sort of racist chant or whatever. And it's certainly, very rare that I ever hear anybody um, have a go at somebody because they're black on the pitch, simply because. That's the daftest thing ever, isn't it? When you've got um, a, a, a good number of your first team players out there that are black, you know. I think in some ways there's been some great strides in football, um, and I, I do wonder whether you know in in the current sort of political and social environment we've got that it's very easy for the press to turn their train their guns on on, on football supporters um, because um, you know it's a slow news day. Um, or mm. something like that, and I do sometimes wonder how much of it is actually there. Uh, Martin makes a really good point. If you've got 12 out of 2,000 um that are causing trouble, why tar the whole 2,000? And it's not as simple, and Alex Churchill's made this point, it's not as simple as you being near these people and saying, do you mind keeping it down? Because that is opening yourself up to, presu- you know, in some cases I would imagine a beating, mm. because these people yeah. don't care. I mean, Andy Saunders... um uh, who I follow on Twitter. I've never really met Andy, but uh, you know, I, I get the impression I get on very well with him. But he's often said, you know, that you can go to the away games, and there's a fair proportion of the, the some of those fans that are, you know, have obviously been snorting stuff before they get in the ground because they basically talk bollocks, and you know, they don't give a shit once they're in the ground, you know. Um, mm. And it's almost the equivalent of going to the ground, of course, drunk. You know, so you start racially, racially abusing or being anti-Semitic because you've had too much to drink. Nobody's checking you as you go in the ground. No one's breath testing you. No one's, you know, even looking at whether or not you're, you know, uh, barely hanging onto the rails as you as you walk in. They don't care. They, you get to your seat, mm. and you know we all know that people's behavioural standards drop when they've had a drink. Sometimes, you know, stuff comes out that they would be appalled at. Um, you know, mm. and wouldn't think of saying when they're sober. So I think it's a, it's a difficult problem, and you know where you find the line. Eventually, I, I I don't know. I would hate for the tribalism to go, and I think maybe Martin and, and you've made the good point that you know some of the fun needs to come back in it, so that 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 doesn't need there doesn't need to be that level of if you like antip- antipathy. You know, in in the game itself, you know that people can be a little bit more relaxed, take the piss. Uh, without the abuse and without get a bit getting personal. Um yeah, it's and a very big ask and when the, you've got forty odd thousand people in the ground, well, I think.
2: But also when, you know, football fans as a collective are you know, become used as some sort of social experiment for, you know, policing methods and things like that. Mm. If you know, if if clubs certain clubs feel they can't work together, fans can't work together because, mm. you know, they were too too tribal to do it then that's a problem, and mm. it's maybe you know fans united would be on certain issues would be far more effective if um, the tribalism wasn't as ramped up as it is. Yeah, 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 I mean,
1: for, football football fans are subject to to controls and, and uh, law, you know, legal inhibitions, yeah. with which you know, yeah. no other sporting fans or, or any other groups of people are or in citizen, the country.
0: Any citizen, yeah, <laughs> it's and, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, there does seem a bit of... Um, become almost... Um, yeah, I think there's know, a bit of a victimisation thing that goes on there, and I, I, I yeah. appreciate a lot of that But it's out. only
1: it's only going to... If we, if we don't sort of um, self-police yeah. ourselves, you're yeah. inviting even more of that. And, and yeah. as Martin says, you know, people have got the tools there to, yeah. to start I think, trolling I think things it, even it further, a, and you, you don't want that. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's, it's a really... It's bad it's, enough as it is.
0: It's a really good point as well, because... Um, there was this thing that uh, going back a few years to the, you know the days of being fenced off is if you if you put people in cages they will act like animals, um, and you know that the the you know the pricing policies of clubs has definitely seen some of that kind of hooligan element and you could link that hooligan element into some of the races elements certainly back in the seventies, um, you know the the NF and 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 the the kind of links with the, the sectarian side of rangers and all sorts of nasty organisations you used to basically tout for business. Outside Stanford Bridge and inside, and I think you know it's good that we've moved on from that. I think there's one other thing that that kind of fills me um, with hope, which is I think there are, and and ahead of this um, launch that's going to be happening, I think this weekend, which I can't really say too much about at the moment, but um, you know, there are groups of fans that are uniting uh, across Chelsea in order to say we don't want this it's not just the club that don't want it it's not just Roman it's not just Bruce Buck it's not just Guy Lawrence it's not just Maurizio Sarri the players and everything else we the fans mm. don't want it and you're not welcome um, I'm not at what point it's almost um, a kind of reverse ferret on Theresa May's hostile environment if you create the hostile environment towards that kind of behaviour um, that may be a way of, of, of at least driving it out I don't think I Personally, I'm fairly pessimistic about the fact that you'll never get rid of it because there is always going to be, in forty odd thousand people, an idiot. They could be a drunk idiot, yeah. they could be a coked up idiot, but they are an idiot, and they will still say something. And yeah, but still... I, I,
1: I don't think. Yeah, I think that's not the problem, though. Is it, Tony? you know in any, no. you know, a rugby, a cricket, anywhere, you're always going to get yes. the idiots and. Yeah. and mm-hmm. You know, I've
2: if, seen worse behaviour at horse racing than football. Mm, believe it or not.
1: Yeah, and it was um, thing, if you've got, you got, you got forty thousand people, if you've got forty thousand people making noise, um, involved in the game, yelling, screaming, singing, it, it becomes hard for one or two people to make themselves heard. You know, to be obnoxious, and and you know, it, it's it's about larger groups. You know, this whole thing is it's not about certain individuals being obnoxious they oh. can be dealt with and in, in, in the same way that you did you know people just report someone and say look you know it's when you know significant groups of people don't want to follow you know the the, the mores that everyone else thinks are yeah are other ways to behave no, just, just you know that that is the problem and you know those people either have to think about what they're doing, or accept the fact that they will be inviting even more control and even more, uh, you know, prohibition on on behaviour at football, because it is now such as you said, such a moneyed product. It is, you know, a broadcasting product. It is an entertainment yeah. product, and there is too much money. And sadly, you know, in one way, I, I mean, sadly, you know, that we're stopping anti-Semitism. I mean you know, the more people want to control the crowds, the the, the the more they're going to do it. And certainly, you know, this sort of behaviour encourages those mechanisms to come into the game. You know, that's my yeah. view of it. Not only is it of itself wrong uh, or, or, you know, not morally right, you know, it, it it's it's what it will do for the rest of us, you know, yeah. for, for what we enjoy and for our, yeah. you know, yeah. We we already can't you know, I can go up to Redbridge and watch Essex Senior League and stand there with a, a pint you know, me and three blokes and a dog and, and watch a game of football with a pint in my hand. I can't do that. No, at it's, Premier It's, it's
0: funny you how know, we're and, con- how we're conditioned. I think I've I've probably mentioned this before, mm-hmm. um, and and it was it, this is the I, I guess it was a, a bit of a and. I think we're probably moving into the football side of things now anyway. Um, but I think we've probably done enough. But just on that whole thing is where I started to realise that football fans are demonised in a way that nobody else is. No you know, no other sports or whatever get that same sort of demonisation. It was when I went to see, I think it was probably two or three years ago now, but I went to see Rich Hall, the uh, US comedian, Mm-hmm. Um, uh, down at the uh, a place called the Maltings in 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 Farnham, and um, uh, we got there and we were about you know, three quarters of an hour before the act came on and it was a sort of a smallish crowd, probably two or three hundred people, and it's um, a, a Triple F. They had a Triple F Brewery night in there as well, um, and it's one of my favourite breweries and they had these you know, these wonderful beers. I've got myself, I thought, oh, I'll get myself a beer, and when I see things, I think, oh, no, I'll get two because then that saves me queuing up. So I've got one there and I've got a standby pint as well mm. um, and so I got these you know i drunk the first pint um got halfway through the second pint I thought, I'll, have another, I'll have another pint as well because it's, we've got you know 15 minutes left or whatever got my third pint um uh, and I was sort of you know drinking at a fair pace but obviously I was thinking because the act comes on so I've drunk it gone down to my seat sat down and everybody else has sat there with their drinks <laughs> yeah. and I'm looking around thinking what's this and that's how yeah. conditioned I was
1: you know, I went it's to totally one day con- cricket. Yeah, we totally. To, uh, we had a sort of company night out that uh, Surrey played, whoever, down at the Oval there. And it, it seemed to be, you know, uh, a drinking night where a few blokes turned up and played a bit of cricket, you know, in yeah. the middle of it. Yeah, you yeah, know? it's, it's amazing, it's, isn't it? And obviously, that's the big sell. You know, that's yeah, why yeah. people go to an evening game of one day cricket. Yes. Because you can watch this one day game. You know, yeah. I hadn't been before, it was relatively entertaining, I enjoyed yeah. it. But you can just, you know, the crowd is in constant motion with yes. people just going down, getting drinks, coming back. You know, they've got these specially designed, you know, packaging so that you can carry more beer. Yeah, you know, it's not like, the
2: handles on the side and yeah, rotate you can, around. Yeah. yeah, you
1: can stack it all up. You know, there's been, yeah. Yeah. you know, the, the football, football clubs have spent, you know, the last 10 years working out ways to stop us drinking well, in cricket, they've been getting people to design packaging that allows yeah. you to carry ever more beer back to your yeah. seat. I and, think it and doesn't that's...
0: help. It doesn't help on the on the beer thing. I think with the beer chucking that goes on, um, mm. Martin, you've probably experienced that far more because of the away games or whatever. Where well, I,
2: I haven't experienced it because he ends up wrecking, finding, look, looking where the likely idiots are, and getting to the other end of the concourse. Right. Yeah. To, make, to make sure your coat doesn't get soaked in. Longer lager
1: by the time yeah, you get yeah, back. Yeah. um but again but, but, yeah
2: sorry, sorry i carry on it's going it about beer chucking and it got practically legitimized over the summer because you could see people doing it whenever england scored during the world cup a, you've bought that beer just to chuck it haven't you mm. it's ridiculous
1: yeah but you know as i say that's just a demonstration of or a, highlights the fact that you know the way we're treated at football is already completely different, and we suffer as a result of it. And and you know,
0: and that may engender different behaviours. Yeah, and um, I, I and yeah. I
1: don't I don't think you know asking people to, to stop singing what is perceived to be anti-Semitic songs or or racist or homophobic stuff. You're not being asked to give up. Something so major no, are you no, in no, order no. to in order to say to people look we're responsible enough to to, to, to yeah. behave you know yes we swear yes we chant yes we jump up and down yeah we stand up when we're supposed to be sitting down but hang on you know this is yeah. football people it, it, can it, accept that you it's know along,
0: it's it's an argument along the same lines as you know we start giving more rights to uh, to women or or people uh, ethnic minorities that's not infringing your rights anymore.
1: It's Are just, you suggesting giving the vote to women? Yes, ones? exactly. But it's you know, it's, 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 all you're doing is another, to... all you're doing oh, is equalising
0: other people. You don't lose anything by it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. that's the whole point of it, isn't it? You know, and um, whatever. I'm I'm going to move it on now. Um, I think we've probably done that once. A bit. And it's been a really good and interesting conversation. It's probably one that had we been in a pub where we were allowed to drink. Um, uh, it's one of those you could probably talk for about 2 or 3 hours you know it's just one of those subjects that it pulls you in and um you know uh, but i think ultimately we've all got the, the similar similar point of view and it's, it's encouraging and i'm hoping that the um the kind of uh, the, the the initiative that's kicking off this weekend will go some way towards getting the message out there that really at stanford bridge we don't want it we want the banter we want the piss taking um uh, but we really could do without all of the the highly offensive Um, otherness stuff around race or creed, religion um, uh, or sexuality or or capability um, in that sense. So let's move on. Football. Yes. We are a football club. A football club that have got a football team. So I want to kick off by saying that um, you're probably both aware of the fact that I was quite a big Antonio Conte fan. I thought the man had style. I thought what he did taking us from 10th to title winners in one season was nothing short of absolutely remarkable and up there with anything that Jose Mourinho had done, aside from that that Mourinho bought us our first title in 50 years and that sort of stuff But um, uh, and yes it did go a bit pear-shaped last season but I don't believe you can point at one person for that, you need to look around the ground and, and the way the, the club is structured and governed we've now got Maurizio Sarri in there uh, You know, the, the a man who's come straight in um, and has made Jürgen Klopp look, look like he gets dressed at Jeeves and Hawks before every game. Um, <laughs> it is incredible. Uh, I I find, and I'm going to be out there on this one now, I'm finding the football we are playing now the most tedious I've ever seen, and I include Mourinho in that. Um, Mourinho's level of tedium, certainly is first... Um, few seasons um, when people go. It's always a bit boring, it? but it was always the equivalent of you know the the boxer with the longer reach, just basically holding the the ten year old kid out there while the ten year old kid swung violently around in the air trying to punch them. Um, this this to me is football dressage. It's fucking rubbish. Um, it's sideways prancing. They, they, the only thing they're not doing is, is, is you know, still sticking their necks out and their heads in the air as they play football, like like dressage horses. Um, I, I, I'm utterly bewildered by it. I watched the Newcastle game and uh, the Southampton game on TV, and the thing that struck me more than anything else, the the loudest thing that came through the TV was the silence from the crowd, the atmosphere. I I wasn't there. I could be completely wrong but it sounded to me like, certainly, for a good part of the second half of that game against Newcastle, the fans were yawning or just thinking, I've glazed-eyed, what am I watching here? Um, And I I, I get that he's trying to change his style. I get that he's trying to put in a, a more aesthetically pleasing style of football that the owner yearns for. Um, I think if you watched Barcelona week in, week out, you'd be bored shitless because we tended to see them on one-off games against us or highlights on the TV, I think. But this tippy-tappy, arse-gravy football is just driving me nuts. And then you get the people saying, well, you know, he needs time to change the personnel. Well, fuck that. He's not going to get that because Roman isn't going to wholesale swap out the squad in order to put a complete set of Sarri ball players in there with that are uh, pacey and fast and can whiz the ball around. And you know, people say, yeah, but we haven't got enough players comfortable on the ball. If they're not comfortable on the fucking ball, how are they professional footballers? That's my thing. So I'm not impressed. Um, I'm not saying get rid of him. I'm saying if this carries on and we end up in a Champions League place, he might get another season. But unless there's a trophy coming somewhere down the line or even looking like a trophy, he's out the door and we will go back to what we've done before. Thoughts, gentlemen, please. <laughs> that so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, know, yeah yeah that, That's it, yeah. Um,
2: yeah I it is quite sterile at times um it start first few games when we were getting forward and actually there was end product to a, a lot of the sideways passing it is quite attractive to watch but right now my take on it is that we just appear to be hamstrung by the lack of an effective striker hmm. because we it's, it is just I mean it's not I wouldn't say it's exactly the same as Conte at all we play further up the pitch than I've seen in a number of years um, we're a bit more confident at the back as well Kepper distribution with the ball pisses all over courts so from a great height so but what, what I have been finding amusing is the um, and it was my well, mate the who picked this one out where she said um. It's more fun watching us trying to play at the back from the goalkeeper and every everyone around us having a heart attack, because at times it's more interesting watching that than what goes on up the other half of the pitch. <laughs> and it, the the, the agonised screams of "Get rid of it! Get rid!" <laughs> um, rapidly yeah. a been a highlight certainly of the um, the last game, which yeah. was especially god awful. Yeah. But um, it was. But at the same time, we're not playing to a full capacity and full potential. And for the most part, we're picking up wins, picking up three points. I mean, there are a few articles written this past week which had portrayed Chelsea as a club in crisis. And then you look drill down a little bit and you find out that Chelsea have the most points at this stage of the season of any team who've been in fourth place in the yeah. history of the Premier League. So it's, yeah. not, it's far from perfect. There is massive room for improvement. Um, I do think he does need the players who are more attuned to that type of football because we've bought players, I'd say for the last five to six years, more conditioned to a reactive type of football. Whether he gets the time to do that is, of course, another matter. And I can't speak for what Roman and the board are going to do now, but past history and past behaviour tells us that if we miss out on the Champions League again, he is gone because... I don't know if you saw the uh, Swiss Ramble series of tweets earlier in the week no. which were breaking down Chelsea's finances and for even for you know a layperson like me it was actually accessible and readable they are so so dependent on Champions League income. the record revenue they've got this year a lot a lot of it is Champions League and when that's taken off for next season, there may be a different spin on it yeah so if they like I said if they miss out it may be wonderful football, but Chelsea are driven by the bottom line. Yeah, And are, yeah. I, I feel like before, you may be cashed out on yeah, that.
0: Before you jump in, here, before you jump in Donor, I'm just going to say, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not <coughs> completely anti-Sarri. I do think he's a scruffy bastard, and I do think, as <laughs> a football manager, you shouldn't be trying to emulate Michael Foote.
2: Um, nah, you no, know, if, uh, if, if you forgot your PE kit and you well, there's a couple of things.
0: Got, I don't like the way he's a
2: raid basket. Yeah, if Ill, you look at him, shirt yeah.
0: And, yeah. <laughs> it, it does. He does look like he's come straight out of Primark, having just pulled whatever he saw off of the racks. Um, and and put them on and not try them on for for actual size. Oh, I'm an XXXL, um, <laughs> even though you're not, mate. You know, um, I, I kind the, of the
2: alarms going off behind him because he left the security he's tags a... off and went yeah.
0: out of the shop. He has another a slightly disconcerting habit as well of not actually looking at the camera when he's being interviewed. Um, if yeah. you look, he's often looking down to the side or, or whatever. Um, so I'm not anti him as such. I think my um, uh, the, the way I film my kind of apathy towards him uh, is as a result of the way we treated Conte I think someone put something out the other day and I said that's the last manager I'll ever care about I really have no tie into this they've, they've, I have no link to Sarri his type of football um, in any way and it's probably just another little connection with the club that's gone for me I hope he does well I fear he won't um, he's certainly not going to get more than two years to turn all this around and, and see his vision through. And I've had people actually, you know, say to me in the pub and on Twitter, you know, Roman's changed his views on. How do you fucking know? Where's the evidence? Where is the evidence that there's been a change of heart and some long-term strategy at Chelsea Football Club? We haven't got a director of football. Uh, we we never replaced Emmanuolo. Marina's still doing that kind of work or whatever. Um, uh, we've got this Craig McLachlan, who's uh, uh, a chief scout. Um McLachlan, um, uh, yeah, he's the one who's... a
2: singer, isn't
0: he? Is he? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Scott McLachlan. I don't know what's his name. Scott McLachlan Yeah, is something Craig like McClacken? that. But he's the one who's now sort of being promoted or being... You know, he's new M&R, no, M&R, no, M&R, no. Um And, you know, that doesn't look to me like um, you're really using your resources to the best. So it's not anti-him. I think it's just, for me... Uh, I liked Antonio Conte. I liked Carlo Ancelotti less. I didn't like him greatly, but now looking back, he looks like a you know uh, a, an absolute wizard. Um, and there was no doubt that his football and the style of football for the majority of the time was very entertaining. But like Alex Ferguson, he and Mourinho to a degree before he, he became paranoid, those top coaches knew there were times when you ground out results and there were times when you could turn it on. This obsession with playing... That, to me, I coined the phrase, and I should copyright it, but I coined it on the Chelsea fancast, arsenalification. And to me, Maurizio Sarri is further proof and further evidence that the arsenalification project is almost complete. Donal, over to you.
1: Well, we spent, we spent something over an hour talking about how we should become a more tolerant and... Um, <laughs> a society that, well, you know, sort of fan base that welcomed all, etc. Oh, and my within, within 30 seconds, <laughs> you'd alienated the dressage community. And who's to say, well, am, amongst the three and a half people who listen to this podcast, two and a half of them may well be dressage fanatics. So they'll be off.
2: Yeah. Charlotte Dujardin and Ultras.
1: Yeah. You then... He then proceeded to um, cast aspersions on people who, possibly for economic, maybe for taste reasons, buy most of their clothing from Primark.
0: <laughs>
1: so, you know,
0: I'm not anti-Primark. Just buy the right size. I bet they are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can be um,
1: shopping for comfort. Yeah. Oh, I. Uh, God. Yeah. So. You know, there are people who believe in, in the elasticated waist as, as you know, as a secret to comfortable living. And you have alienated those people. Um, I, so I kind of understand what you're saying, Tony, in that I felt very aggrieved. I was a big Carlo fan. And I felt very aggrieved when he, uh, mm. he was offed under the stairs at, at Everton um, and had that sort of period of, well, I don't care who they get in, I, I'm not going to buy into this anymore. And then, you know, certainly the I was not overwhelmed by the second coming of Mourinho. I did very much enjoy um, Antonio Conte, but I have to say that, and I don't mean that I, I bought into the whole media thing, but they, it, it, it did genuinely seem to have, have broken down into a sort of quite a bitter and... and yeah you know, difficult time last year and the football wasn't good. Um, So, you know, it was almost inevitable he had to go. I think if I, and this isn't a criticism, but I think because it certainly happens to me, but I think some of what we react to is more the nonsense that's on social media than the man himself or sometimes the football itself. I, I do understand what you're saying about the football. There have been quite a few games recently which have been where they've struggled to uh, to impose themselves in any meaningful way against deep lying defences. I, I did a little bit of preparatory work this evening, um, <laughs> knowing this was coming up, and I thought, you know, going back to my uh, training as a historian and so on. So and so forth, you know, one has to define one's terms and and what is sari ball. And it got very difficult to pin down what sari ball is. And I think sometimes we're reacting to um, the sort of, um and I'm now going to uh, alienate part of the population, the sort of Hoxton, you know, uh, <laughs> bare ankle, beardy, you know only-talk-about-football-throwing-in-Italian-terms type analysis. Yes, which is um, stuff
0: like we, that, yeah. We're
1: perhaps reacting to what these people are telling. We, we don't like to be lectured from on high by people who claim to know more than than we do who go and watch the game. The Sarri himself seems a personable chap. Uh, he, perhaps he is too rigid, um, but I... I know it, it's it's a very 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 weak hook on which to hang my rather weighty hat, but that sort of second half against Man City gave a little insight into you know what we could be watching at some point in the in the future. In that, it was very sterile. Couldn't get out from the back in the first half and a few adjustments were made in the second half and, and you know time after time after time they just played through City and uh, you know I, I think it is I take on board what you're saying about if, if players haven't got this or that then they shouldn't be professional footballers but I was lucky enough to be relatively close to the pitch on Saturday and When you watch it a lot on telly, as I've said before, and when you're very high up in stands, because that's all you can afford, um, the distance away from the pitch or or the separation of watching it on a screen, you forget just how fast that ball is moving around and just how quickly. If you're playing a one-touch game, which I believe, you know, the attacking phase of Sarri ball is very much about, you know, transferring the ball from player to player very quickly, you've got two or three players close to the touchline in a triangle you have to be, and and these players are very skilled because they were doing it on Saturday, to move that ball around accurately at the speed they do, it does take a lot of doing, I know that's what they're paid to do and I know they spend all week training but when you actually see it close up you do start to understand how if you're changing style, if you're changing the way you're thinking about the game, that is going to take time I didn't think Saturday's game was quite so bad and I was at Nottingham Forest the week before I hadn't been for quite a while I'd seen a lot of it on TV Um, the atmosphere was very flat on Saturday compared to the week before with Nottingham Forest, I don't know whether the result against Tottenham had peed people off whether the whole debate about singing had sort of quieted people down or whether it was just the wrong time on a Saturday, um, well, it, but that, that, I, I that quite enjoyed good. I quite enjoyed the game because I I, yeah. I, I, mean, I do understand that the, that people are getting cheesed off with endlessly recycling the ball, recycling the ball, yeah. and there is a problem up front, you know. Yeah. Uh, Hazard, Hazard is not is not, uh, no, Mer, he's not Mer, Martin. He's, he's not Mertens in that no. he's not converting in the way Martins did to, to playing yeah. up front. Do, do
0: either of you see much of the day.
1: No. Because I it, it,
0: did, but I fast forwarded through it. A was New,
1: it was Newcastle. It I was. thought Shearer will yeah. be on there. No. I'm not listening to Alan Shearer talking about no. Newcastle. It wasn't. It was,
0: it was Ian Wright, and I can't remember who the other one was. Oh, was right. Jermaine okay. Janice. Jermaine Janice. Yeah. And Ian Wright was absolutely spot on. He got absolutely you know, had a pelters on, on Twitter from Chelsea fans but he was, he was spot on. He, he, he showed the evidence of not having a striker, of not having someone in the spaces to draw defenders out. And that, you know, you've got these, uh, if you like, creative Herberts running forward with the ball um, and they've, they've no outlet. They've no outlet. And, and Hazard isn't it. You know, so Hazard's trying to play in every position, right, left, through the middle and everything. Um, and, you know, he showed the blocks where you would say, well, this is where Giroud could be or somebody could be. And there is nobody there. There's no outlet. There's nothing there. There's no one drawing defenders away. Um, and, and I thought it was one of the best bits of punditry I've seen. And basically had me sitting there saying, yep, that's exactly what's wrong, that we are... You know, when I talk about the Arsenal location, I'm, I'm talking about the fact that we did it to Arsenal. We would let them play the fucking ball sideways, backwards, as much as they wanted in front of us, and we'd still beat them two nil, because that's all we needed to do. You know, um, and you know it would be the Arsenal fans walking out of the ground. Um, going, Jesus Christ, we play all that lovely football and we've got all the lovely plaudits for it. But actually, does that matter? At the end of the day, they got three points because they were just better than us in front of the goal. They took their opportunities better. I think football is a more nuanced game than than, than just that. And, and why Sarri ball? Surely that's pep ball. Guardiola's been playing this style of football for years. And yet, somehow or another, the marketing people or the twats... I mean, I'm going to ask you both a question. Are... um is, is the cult of Sarri the same as the cult of Corbin? Is there a kind of footballing momentum group behind him that's telling me, um, who's been around for 57 of your Earth years, that um, I'm wrong in what I am seeing? Because, quite frankly, at the moment, I'm looking at this, and I'm to speaking from what I've seen and my experience, or whatever, and there's this whole thing... You know, where it's like the party told you to reject the evidence of your eyes and and your ears. It was their final and most essential command. That's a quote from Big Brother, of course, and from 1984. But I I, 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 I see parallels between it. It's like you decry Sarri at any point with, with, with certain people and they'll kill you. Oh, you don't understand football. What do you know? He's using the register. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, put your latte down, comb your fucking beard, you know, roll your fucking sleeves of your lumberjack shirt down, and let's talk properly. And I get the same when I criticise Corbyn from pretty much the same kind of Hoxton type people. I think who who seem to uh, seem to have taken over the cult of Corbyn as well. So I don't know your thoughts. <laughs> it's
2: a little bit light-hearted, I I, but I
0: I see. Power I, I all think of
2: I, I think I'll have a shave
0: afterwards. Just be on the same side
2: <laughs> um, I, yeah, I find some of the social media cult that has surrounded rich Sarri a little bit unsettling. I find it unsettling around Eden Hazard as well. I, the whole deification of football managers and is a, just a little bit weird. And, yeah, I think maybe not Corbin, I would Compare it to, but Brexit because yeah. <laughs> it's our fault for not believing in it hard enough yes. or something like that. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. If only we believed. <laughs> yeah, if you question it, so maybe you could do so. No, you must believe in this way. And yeah, I if... think it. I think it can get better, but you know, yeah. Ian Wright pointed it out. We need yeah. a striker, and we need we need one who's you know not going to fall to pieces at the slightest setback, or and someone who can break out into a run occasionally. I mean, I like Giroud, but um, I can walk faster than he can run. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we, we are missing that. Um,
1: and that, that's not Sarri's fault that, that he's inherited Murata and, and, you know...
2: No, not at all. Was right, it his but... decision
1: that Batchway went out? I don't know. But, you know, I, I think... What I, what I think about is Chelsea are constantly compared to, to City, to, to Liverpool, to... To Spurs, you've got to think back to when Klopp took over Liverpool, when Guardiola took over City. You referred earlier, Tony, to the, uh, you know, we're pissing around at the back, just hoof it up to the big man and get it uh-huh. out of there. You know, how many times did it go wrong? You remember John Stones getting pilloried? How many times did that playing out from the back go badly wrong? Because in well, their case, Joe
2: Hart's career, there, buddy, yeah, they, yeah, you didn't know,
1: they didn't have. You know, they didn't have the goalkeeper to do it, etc., uh, etc. et cetera. You know, and it, it you know, it. Uh, Guardiola inherited quite a healthy squad as well. But it took him some time. It's, it's taken Klopp time to get to, to where he is now, which is probably, you know, the best balance he's going to get between attack and defence in, in that Liverpool team. It's, it's taken Pochettino time to, to get Spurs to, well, we're not quite sure where Spurs are, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. They, Sari, you know, you could compare Sarri and Emery because they're both in their first season with their clubs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know Conti was phenomenally successful um, in that season and, and all credits due to him, etc. Mourinho, his first season, you know, he was inheriting a decent team which had, you know, finished, was it second the year before or something like that? Or yeah. had recently finished second. You know, um, sari's probably you know we this is probably the afterglow of the of the Lampard Terry Drogba you know it's gradually sort of i don't know sort of a half life thing you know it's gradually the light is gradually going out and and they're having to rebuild a new squad you know and perhaps haven't done it well enough or quickly enough in in recent seasons because of this constant pressure to perform, to perform, to perform, um, you know, without getting into the whole youth thing as well. Um, so I, I, I think he's got to be given because, you know, he... He, he wants to bring a, a new style of football. I'm sure we've got enough players there who can adapt to it, you know, to get us through this season. Um, we are on more points than, than fourth place has been for a well, while. The sort of top four or five teams are all on much bigger points that that tends to suggest that down the bottom they're failing more drastically than they have in recent years um and it also means that there's probably going to be maybe six teams competing for those four places um so he may not succeed with the champions league and that may mean he goes out the door but i don't know i, I The football hasn't been great in the last couple of months, but I I, I just think you have to give him time. He hasn't made any... I don't think... We haven't been really spanked by anyone. He's not made any egregious errors. I think the the, the striker problem is not of his...
0: I think the the, the Spurs' Premiership game flattered us massively. I mean, we lost 3-1, but it could have been 7-1. I think, you know, there, there was some superb goalkeeping... Um, and last stitch defending, which prevented that being a complete massacre. Um,
1: but did and, he learn uh, the lesson from it? Maybe he seems very stubborn to me. I mean, he's the same. Yeah, you we know, played, I've It about, was a completely different game the yeah, other night.
0: I mean, I've talked about the arsenalification of us, but you know, he strikes me as being almost uh, a kind of uh, a, an Italian Wenger. You know, this is the style we're going to play. That's it. Wenger would never back down. Wenger would never move to, um, you know, pushing crosses in from either of the wings and and hoping some big, you know, like Giroud would get on the end of it. Um, When he did do it, he did it very begrudgingly. And, you know, I've I've always maintained that the very top coaches, the very top managers, I prefer the word managers or whatever, um, the most successful ones, have always known... That there are different styles and different types of football win new games. And Alex Ferguson, who, you know, let's face it, in our lifetime is going to be the greatest manager we've ever seen, um, he was quite happy to grind out a, a 1 0 with the ball coming off Paul Skulls's ass in the 93rd minute, um, uh, as to, uh, you know, uh, a 6 0 thrashing of one of their closest rivals on the right day when, when
1: everything was with him. But couldn't uh, couldn't you argue that, that the first the first um half against yeah, City yes. was essentially I did, um, yeah. him grinding out a result. Could you not yeah, argue that? Yeah, you I know what, I mean, one I, one man one man's we can't get out of our own half yeah. stop pissing I, I, around with a ball is another man's we're I sitting guess, deep I guess I'm probably, and grinding a result out and trying to catch him on the break. I, I still you know, remain
0: um, you know, I still I still feel rather like the little boy when everybody else, or everybody else around me, saying how great things are, and I'm sitting there going, you know, again, look at the emperor's clothes; it's the finest silk and all that. And I'm sitting there going, I can see his ass. What are you talking about? Yeah, um, but
1: Sari, Sari himself is not claiming that he has got the finish. No, unless that it he goes, is, goes back to you, his, his, you know, yes, there it it may goes back be to people. This on, thing
0: that's, that I, on, I, yeah, I see, sort but, of but, but
1: that's a separate thing altogether, Tony. Yeah, yeah the, I, I entirely agree with you that. The well, football has not been sparkling, no, and uh, particularly recently. But you know there are issues around personnel. We, we've now seem to have quite a lot of injuries. I, I just, you know, everyone talks about these these great past bygone eras. I, I've gone back in okay. in, in times times yeah. gone by, and I, you know, back in the day when we had the old website, I I remember I, I did, I think it was I, I did something about. Was it uh, the season we won the double told through um, quotes from Dennis Hopper films because Dennis Hopper had just died. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And I went back and read it uh, just out of interest um, and, it, you know, it wasn't all plain sailing.
0: No. You know, there, no
1: there were bad. times when things were bad and, you know, in the Mourinho times, you know, particularly towards the end of his first uh, tenure, yeah, you know that there were times where people were getting paid off. You know, it's part and parcel, I think. And yeah. I particularly come back to this: Guardiola, clock Pochettino. I think, you know, yes, if he doesn't show himself to be in some way adaptable, if he doesn't, you know, look at who he's up against and and the way Premier League football is slightly different to Italian football, then then he will founder. But you know you've got to give the guy some time and you've got yeah. to say perhaps he's got the footballing intelligence to make the adjustments he needs to make and in the meantime he's working with the players you know yeah. I, it, you, it's martin? fine it's fine margins
0: what about you martin you, you, you you've been listening I, I assume and thinking to yourself tone you're talking the usual load of shit that you talk <laughs> to the cock before a game or whatever
2: i wouldn't quite say that no i i'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd Going back to the thing with the the Man City game, the first forty minutes of it, if you've been watching it on TV behind it behind the sofa, because it was horrendous, just waiting for the inevitable, and then when the goal went in, and then as Don has already said about the second half, that was revelatory because they just played with so much confidence, and you look likely to. I thought they were going to get a second goal sooner in sort of yeah. that in that particular game, and I'd, I'd go back to what. I'll, Already said football's not perfect at the moment. I don't think Sari has invited that weird cult following, and I do actually find some of his honesty a little bit endearing in interviews. He kind of does these post match presses. He obviously is gasping for a fag, it's a cigarette (laughs) for for any American Uh, uh, viewers. (laughs) Yes, yes, clarified. Yeah, (laughs) he's gasping for a cigarette and he wants to get out of there as quickly as possible. He's just giving staccato answers yeah. that you know, yeah I agree with all that yeah we're great for 80 yards the pitch and shit in the 20 but,
0: <laughs> you know I just wait, so when, I do find when, that whenever good. whenever Antonio Conte certainly last season whenever he was as honest as that he got pelters for it it was all your, that, you know your, he's, being, look, he's being bloody negative all the time and all this I mean Sarri has said some stuff he's like I don't know what the problem is you're the coach you're the manager what are never you saying? You know, I, I never I, expect consistency from football no, fans. No, I, I, <laughs> I guess not. I'm just going to move it on now because I, th- you know, I um, just want to. While we head into the last part of the the show, the program, the episode, um, uh, uh, should we should we sell Callum Hudson a doy?
2: No, absolutely not.
0: Could we blame him for going? No, My Munich is a very I... big worm to be dangled his, in front I, of you. I
2: strongly suspect his head has been turned so much that he resembles sitting out of the exorcist at some <laughs> point last week. Um, there is no way Bayern Munich would be... Uh, he wasn't vomiting green blood or anything like that. Um, he, th- Bayern are uh, continuing with their interest because they've been given an indication that he will happily move. But um, I don't want... Th- irrespective of whether he wants to go or not, I'm really, if the narrative gets flipped on social media into, you know, he should have waited his term. He didn't want to be here. Fucking get rid of him, whatever. Yeah. That's, that's deflection. The fact that Bayern Munich were able to assess the situation and feel they could come in, approach his representatives and get, get this player because someone at Chelsea took their eye off the ball or got complacent. That's what needs to be focused on. I've, I'm not a player the youth advocate for the sake of it but what I've seen of him um, Ethan Ampadu um, they're ready and they can play now and if Chelsea got complacent on Hudson-Odoi then and they lose out on him as a result then in my view head should roll Donald
1: um, there was an interesting um, piece done by uh, Miguel Delaney I don't know obviously writes for a, a number of Outlets. It might have been the Independent. I can't it's remember. Might, it's mainly the Independent with yeah. Miguel, isn't it? He wrote a piece today, which was, you know, plenty of people find fault with whatever journo right. But the thrust of it was, was I think reasonable. Um, it, it might fall down on some details, but what he was basically talking about was the um, the, the the success that Sancho's had in in um, in Germany um, and that quite a lot of young players are being, you know, looking to the Bundesliga as a, as a move. Um, And the reason, he was saying the reason for that is is in many ways, just economics. Um, The Premier League has all the money. Therefore, clubs are able to buy almost who they want, you know, even clubs much lower down the, the division. Um, that, that then naturally blocks the development of, of youth players, and, and that's not just Chelsea; that's everywhere. Um, and they are seeing a league of the quality of the Bundesliga as, as, as somewhere to go. And Bundesliga teams, mm-hmm. who don't have the money that the Premier League have, are impressed by the quality because obviously there's been a sea change in in in, in the development of youth football in this country in the last ten fifteen years they're seeing the quality of player that's being developed and they're seeing that as a way of, um, offsetting, you know, their lack of funds, you know, even people like Bayern, you know, are are looking over here because they're seeing talent available, um, that, that will come cheaper than, than trying to compete, you know, elsewhere. So it was, it's an article worth reading and, You know, one of the points that was being made by parents um, and maybe some agents was, look, it's not um, it's not these people poaching your players. It's a lot of players, parents, the boys themselves, wising up to the fact that they can get regular high level football if they if they adapt and if they're good enough in Germany. Um, that they will never get over here, that they will get their Europa League run out, they'll get their League Cup run out, but the chances of, of playing, you know, 50, 100 games before they're 21, 22, 23, it's just not there for them because there will always be a player being bought in in the summer in their position. And And apparently that's become a very widespread opinion amongst, you know, players you know, high-caliber players yeah. in this country. Yeah. I'm, intrigued.
0: I'm intrigued by that because um, I've I've <coughs> openly said it on some podding I think, on the fancast before, that I'm amazed that more young English players, for example, and I've used the English, you know, on the, in, in terms of the fact that mm. uh, we seem to have a very good youth set up in the England team, from Southgate, etc. Um, and, uh, and I'm surprised a lot more of them don't go abroad and play, and play their trade abroad in, in Holland, Germany, Spain, Italy, France, mm. whatever, because those clubs... Um, you know they they could easily fit in and be playing on the top table um uh, with some of those bigger clubs um i don 't think there 's any intrinsic difference between the abilities of English footballers and anybody else um, but this whole thing where you know i 've often been fairly vocal about, you know, the Academies of Revenue stream, that's all it's, it, it is. The idea... Yeah, that
1: point, that point is made in the article the, as well. The whole,
0: yeah. the whole idea that, that there's this romantic vision that you're going to produce a, a, a class of 92 like Ferguson did, or Ferguson stumbled on, whichever way you want to look at it, and there are you know, two sides to that story. Um, but he struck gold. He struck gold with the class of 92. And that was the, the squad that underpinned all of the success they had going forward over his whole tenure. The idea that that's going to happen again is a myth because it's never happened before. You could argue the boot room philosophy at, at Liverpool. That that run out of steam in the end as well. Um, and, and I think that I'm just surprised that as a young footballer, you don't sit there and think, um, you know, oh, I could go and play for... Dortmund, like what's his name, Jordan Sancho, isn't it? I think. Mm. Jaden uh, Sancho, yeah, yeah, Jayden Sancho. And so you've got, you know, or oh, I could go and pr- pr- perhaps I could go and play for Atletico or, or Valencia. You might not get into Real Madrid or Barcelona, but they are still mm. top teams across that whole continent, if you like. Um, not China, though. Let's forget about that one. But I'm just saying, is that there's, you know, you you've got a chance to go and make your name. In these other places, if only you would open your mind, you know, learn the language, do what Lineker did, Mark used to a degree, etc., where they went and they were successful abroad. Uh, 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 and you know, there is still only a handful of English footballers that have gone abroad in my lifetime and yeah, been but... what you would consider world class or or of that level. So I'm, you know, I I think for a young lad, if 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 Bayern Munich come in and dangle a carrot in front of you, and you're sitting there with no promise or of anything, and in a club that traditionally has gone and bought in foreign imports, yeah. And this is why, I mean, this is this is almost... Uh, uh, well, they've um,
2: bought the guy who Sancho has displaced from yeah. the Borussia Dortmund team, yeah. In, uh, Pulisic. Yeah. Um, which is ironic. ironic, in a sense. <laughs> and another thing, I think you're going to see a lot more young English players make the move abroad. I think that the whole playing abroad has been demystified for a lot of them because certainly at Chelsea, they loan a lot of their players out to yeah,
1: Vitesse. Vitesse, yeah. And, I and I think the lights, Man City yeah.
2: loaned players out to Girona in yeah, Spain, yeah, yeah. so yeah. the whole you know, oh my god, you know, the language what can I, you know, I won't be able to speak to them that's all gone, Yes, and players aren't going to fear that anymore, yeah. German teams have seen the England underage national teams winning yes. World Cups, European Championships etc, yes. etc, they've identified that they're they're getting blocked into first-team football in this country, so oh. they've made offers. It... Um, Sancho Cause... was what? Sorry, Sancho was one. Yeah. You got Reece Nelson, who's gone from Arsenal to like, Hoffenheim on loan, yeah, yeah. and a couple of others. There's a lad who's back at Everton now, who did very well in the latter half of last season. I think he's a very talented young player. Yeah. So I think you'll see a lot more yeah. British. I mean, Aaron Ramsey's going to Juventus for. Soon for Christ's yeah, sake, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron mean, Ramsey in the same team as Cristiano Ronaldo.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but, but hey, the hey, point hey. I think the point I think is 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 you know 20, 30, 40 years ago, you know culturally, English players didn't go abroad. Um, rightly or wrongly, I yeah. think we all perceived it as the English style of footballer wasn't the same sort of technical footballer that. A lot of continental leagues used Whereas that's changed now England is producing you know, Highly technical footballers uh, And the problem they've got is That they end up playing this sort of Under-23 football They either go out on loan Or they end up playing this sort of under-23 yeah. football And the attraction of As you say, once once a few players do it once Once those sort of You know, people understand How the system's going to operate How they get out there How they Get their accommodation, how they register, you know, it's just all, all dumb, the little it's all details. For them. Yeah, it's all but one, for them. once people are setting up those sort of communication lines for them, um, more will go. I'm, I'm sure. The, the irony being, of course, that just as freedom of movement is right yes. down here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. we've got more more young lads probably ready to to give it a go, and because they are,
2: his first name's You can take an Irish passport.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because just they've put, been just brought put up Chatt playing. In
2: charge.
0: You'll find some ancestry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> got me. My, got me. McCarthy back. He's working on it now. <laughs> yeah, baby. yeah, oh, yeah. Nathan, Nathan Redmond could become. Yeah, he's from, on he's head,
1: from the. He's from the. The, the Mayo Hudson adores. Yes, that's <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I um, thought it was Tipperary
2: myself. Yeah. yeah.
1: They, um, you know, because because they are, you know, now trained you know, they are good technical footballers that they've been brought up with the right diet, the right attitude, which, you know, there there were some, as we know from, you know, the early 90s when foreign players first started to play in these leagues, there were still quite large differences in in approach and attitude to how, you know, to to diet, to to training, etc. between, you know, the traditional English pro. And I'm not decrying them, I'm just saying there were these big differences, whereas I think now... You know, with the UEFA coaching badge thing, with all, all that sort of stuff, you know, players are, are much more adaptable across, you know, English players have now joined Spanish, Italian, et cetera, footballers being able to to, to move between leagues yeah. without, you know, a massive yeah. culture shock in terms but, of the way the football is played. I
0: think play. the thing is, I, I I likened it the other day, or I can't remember what I was talking it was the, along the lines of, um, it's like these—the uh, problem I've seen before, up until these recent sort of stirrings or whatever—is that the players could earn good money in academies, and they could still be driving their Porsches and and whatever. And they were a bit like, um, uh, you know, uh, some of the 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 great, brilliant golfers that you see in the Ryder Club, the Poulters and people like that, who never really got to the top of the game, and they never needed to. They were mm. earning enormous amounts of money. They were winning sub tournaments they would never won a major um and again you know i, I think luke donald at, at some point um was was number 1 in the world he'd never won a major he just plugged away in the background on the circuit whatever and the questions were being asked where's your motivation if you're getting you know if you're still getting 10 million pound a year through winning a few competitions and sponsorship money and, and you know, your cap sponsored, your watch is sponsored, your bloody trousers are sponsored, everything, your clubs and whatever. Where's the incentive at that point? And I think that's probably part and parcel. We've seen that before with, um, uh, I think, there's been uh, academy players who've gone a bit big-time Billy, you know, and demanded... You know, uh, you know, £8,000 a week or whatever, and they've never even touched the first team. They've even warmed the bench, you know. Um, so it's an interesting one. Uh, I think my personal view is Hudson odoi is a, a huge talent. Um, I think, but do you know what? At 18 years old, maybe he's been a bit impatient. Um, Pochettino's got a very admirable, and he's publicly stated he won't buy a player if it's going to block the path of a young player that he thinks will, will fill that role. Um, you know, I wish I'd heard that from some previous Chelsea coaches. Although, um, how much influence they have over that uh, is, is is arguable, I guess. Um,
1: yeah. I, I know, think the it's, problem it's... also is 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 you know I know they've got sort of Paulo Ferreira, you know, helping young lads who are going out on loans to a test. You know, they're trying to manage this this loan thing. But you know, being on loan, you know, at one point in your career, maybe when you do the first couple of loans, it's good. I mean, Charlie Colket. Who I always thought looked so impressive, you know, in in those, you know, those really good Chelsea youth teams so a couple of years ago, he's been at Shrewsbury and now he's come back. You know, you, the Lewis Baker experience, the Dominic Solanke experience. You know, yes, you could say Solanke just wanted, you know, big money and thought it was big potatoes, and he's gone up to Liverpool and failed there or whatever. But if you're Hudson Adoy and you're a lot of these other young players, you're seeing what's happening to these guys you know, it's perfectly acceptable to go on loan to lower leagues. Tommy Abraham went to Bristol and did really well, didn't he? And he's done well at Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah. But if if your mates, a couple of your mates have gone out on loan and it's not gone well, you know, and you think you're good enough, because obviously I think to succeed at that level, you've got to believe, you've got to have a level of self-belief that I've probably never had in my life over anything, You've got to back yourself, and if you're hot's in a door you're backing yourself to, to be able to break into, you know, the Bayern Munich team in the next year or so, and certainly to get more regular football than he's going to get at Chelsea. A lot of these guys are probably even looking at, you know, Loftus Cheek and people and saying, yeah, they're getting there, but they're not quite getting there. And you know, who, who can say? Some 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 of it will be people trying to cash in early on on youth, but I think a lot of it is just. You know, if it's your son, you're saying where's he gonna get his big chance? And if you've come up through Chelsea Academy and you can't get into Chelsea, you've got to go somewhere else. But you're not gonna I think Solanke has shown that the same thing will happen to you if you go to another big club in the UK. Um, you know, if you're coming up from, from League Two, League One championship, then stepping up into the Premiership it's one thing. But if you're coming out of one of the Premiership Academies you can't blame them for looking abroad. I, I would hope he doesn't go, because he does look a real talent. But I, I fear the worst.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, um, we are one hour and 56 minutes into this. I didn't think we would have that much to, to wrap up. Just the three of us. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, know, I, I, I've got to say, if Mr Dyer had been on board, we'd, um, we, we'd, we'd probably still be... At point three of the of the racism side of things mm. um, actually so I, we, I did
1: say I, I've never had any real self belief you know of that level but I have <laughs> uh, my belief in my ability to talk bollocks endlessly <laughs> <absolutely>. without, <laughs> yeah. is, is second to none
0: absolutely I think this is goes back to what Martin was saying earlier we, we just all need to believe more and then things work and uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I will relate this one story because I work from home now so I often have um uh, the, the very fine James O'Brien on um And and, uh, I'm pretty sure I have my head in my hands as much as he does when um, this guy the other week and I put I think I actually tweeted it out as well linked to it. But the guy had rung in um, and had said, you know, basically the whole Brexit thing was, you know, we just needed to believe more. And, um, you know, if we'd had a bit more belief in this. As a country, it would all have been sorted out. Because James O'Brien was going, he does some work like that, you know. He said, if you jump out of an aeroplane, yeah, and you don't have a parachute, belief isn't going to help you stop hitting the ground." And this guy actually said, "He said no, no, no. If you if you jump out of an aeroplane, he said you got your instructor and your parachute fails. He said, then you know, James O'Brien said, are you telling me you seriously think that if you believe you won't hit the ground?'" that would happen? And his guy said yes. I was just sitting there thinking, he, he must be taking the piss, but if he was, he was a fantastic actor because he was so serious. You mm. know, he, he was a, he, he was spouting this stuff as if to say, um, like an, almost like an American, you can be Jim. whatever you want. Well, no you, f- no, you can't. You can't. I will never be a Harlem Globetrotter. I'm five foot fucking five. Okay. I'm fifty seven. It's never gonna happen. So I Do think, you remember
1: you know. do you remember James O'Brien was the um the yes, guy he was. who who Lampard. said something about Lampard. Lampard yes. rang him up, yeah.
0: Yeah. He he openly admits he, he was uh, a bit of a newbie at the mm. time and he he now openly admits that he got that very, very wrong. Um mm. he's quite a fan mm. of Frank Lampard and the fact that Frank Lampard had the balls to ring in Mm. Um, and, and 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 put him straight, you know, and that was that. Mm. He said he learned, you know, he a lesson from that, which was, hey, don't mm. trust your research for the start, you know, always double check. But yeah, he was he was vilified mm. by Chelsea fans. At I I, I listen to him, I find him, uh, honestly, um, you know, he's uh, we're veering off a little bit before we end. Um, you know, I've heard this so many times now, but it's the you know, we taking back control, we take back control, we'll take back control of our laws. Name one law. Name one law the EU have brought in that you want to retract. And not one of them, not one person ever can. They will prevaricate, they will procrastinate, they will go round the houses and they will usually come back with something like we bendy bananas, which <laughs> is just, was a load of bollocks, made up by a drunken Boris Johnson when he was the EU correspondent on The Telegraph and decided yes. to make up a pack of lies to see how many of them would actually float. And that was one of them. So you know, it's a, it's a it's a very entertaining listen, but um yeah, um we just I need bet to he's, believe I my... bet he's
1: never alienated the dressage community. No, he probably hasn't, the no. I'm I'm expecting
0: full pelters on uh from, from, from my Twitter dressage followers on the, after that one. Like, you know. Um listen, chaps, it's been great. Um I'm just gonna do a couple of parish notices. Um yeah. iTunes, of course. Um it will be available on iTunes in the next couple of days. Uh, a link will go out with uh, with that and also to our very own website which is podinshed.com. dot com. Um Uh, where you'll find all of these episodes and um, potentially the easter egg of the missing episode if you are that way inclined, in other words you have no life. Um, There's a quick plug for the Chelsea Supporters Trust which I'm a paid up member of Um, join the the, the trust, get your voice heard by the club, Um, they have regular meetings Um, I know quite a few of the board members now as does Martin I think Um, uh, we also know the chair of course in Chidge it's £5 to become a voting member it's uh, all free if you don't want to be a voting member um, you can sign up at Chelsea supporters trust.com um, and if you do that you can attend the meetings um, and go to the events so a couple of little soirees a year I think um, I think the last meeting um, Henry Winter the uh, renowned um, uh, football journalist with is he still with the Telegraph I think he is he um, the Times Oh, is at the Times? Is it now? Um, he was there, and he was a very entertaining, erudite, and um, um, warmly welcomed guest. Um, so you know, it's a it's a chance to sort of um, you know uh, go to things that you might not be able to see normally. Um, you get to vote on the issues that directly affect you. One of the big ones, of course, is we've got ticket prices, um, and one of the really big ones, of course, in light of the absolutely disgraceful rescheduling of our FA Cup um, fourth round to tie against Sheffield Wednesday to six o'clock on a Sunday evening. Who the hell wants to go to Stamford Bridge at 6 o'clock on a Sunday evening? I'm pretty sure those Sheffield Wednesday supporters are looking at that and thinking, well, that's interesting. How much are the travel lodges around there? Um, it's 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 an incredibly daft decision. But, you know, football scheduling times is a big bug. Here, so all those sort of things. Um, you can follow the Chelsea Supporters Trust them on Twitter. They are at Chelsea S Trust. Um, right, the next shed, um, I've said this before, will, or maybe even in three or four weeks time Um, uh, but um, but depending on the launch of this um, uh, initiative this weekend we may well be doing one either next week or the following week we've got a couple of games um, coming up, we've got Arsenal away uh, this week I think it's the Tottenham return game Uh, next week where we we face a 1-0 deficit at the bridge and they face a a Kane and Son deficit I believe uh, until March which is um, fortuitous Um, but you just watch them uh, and how that motivates them now I've gone and said that. Um but uh, it just remains for me to say um good night um to um Martin. Good night good
2: night. Um
0: first time I've had technical
2: problems
0: so um You, you, you got, got over them su- me. You got over them superbly and actually um, on mobile you've you've sounded very clear. I think well you you'd agree with me there don't always been not had a problem. Not had a problem with you at all. My battery's yes. screaming at me, though. Yes, it will be. Um, and yeah. and, and uh, good night to you, Daniel. Um, it's been an yes, absolute um, pleasure.
1: Um, yes, thank you very much. And I'll I'll get some music together for the next one. The seriousness of today made me I'll think that I'd better touch. not put music yeah. on. You know, no, I'll, I'll keep what?
0: you in touch. And um, I think yeah. what we do next time is. Um, We'll see if we can get our prodigal son back, just so he can um, come in and see what we've done with the, the old place. Um, yeah. uh, and on that because, note, um, and I oh, think sorry.
1: next, if, if it is in the next week or two, because we haven't played our traditional goodbye to um, Mr. Fabrigas. Um, oh, that was, I hadn't mentioned. I was quite that a moving up, moment. I yes. felt quite moved there when I was at Nottingham Forest because I, I didn't really realise until that moment quite how imminent I, it was all I, looking. Yeah, uh, I think when so, we look yeah. at
0: what we're left with in Georgina and Mister you know, Two Meter um, Pass, um, two thousand pass in this so far, and not one assist, um, we we may well, well rue letting
1: Fabregas go. Well, but yeah, there maybe, you go. Maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe his best days are behind him. But yeah, yeah. maybe post Arsenal, it might be worth doing a little farewell to. Fabregas. Yes, I think
0: so. Yeah, I'll, I'll make a point of that. Yeah. Um, but on that note, um, I'd like to say thank yeah. you very much, chaps, and um, yeah. speak to you later.
1: Yeah, take care now. Cheers, Sam. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye.